I think we're recording. He's giving me the thumbs up. <laughs> I wasn't looking. I was going to try to look at the doc. I like how you're like, let me know. And then you're like, I didn't look at you, actually. I didn't look at you at all. <laughs> the disrespect. I apologize. I thought what it was going to be a more verbal situation, but it wasn't. So uh, the Indie Council is in session. Welcome. This is a place for leading voices from across the industry to gather to talk news, titles, and everything indie. I'm your real master of ceremonies, wow. Jill Grote, the Indie Informer. Wow. Not like us fakies over here. Not like the <laughs> unfortunate circumstances of last week. Unfortunate? I was sick. That's unfortunate. I thought you were calling me unfortunate. No, you're lovely. <laughs> I feel like fair. Oh, okay. Uh, but joining the council today, besides me, uh, fighting heart disease with pen to pixels while still making time to help out MinMax and kind of funny, Janet Garcia. How you doing, Janet? Good. Excited to be here. I just finished my lunch at four o'clock. <laughs> so I have a quick qualm to pick with Janet. Uh-huh. Oh, Janet, I, I don't know what it says about my hosting duties. She was fine eating a cake while on air last week. <laughs> but all of a sudden, mom comes back and she, no, she has to finish her lunch first. No, mom, mom can't see me eat food. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. But dirtbag Mike, it's fine. Or is that some <laughs> that, well, first of all, this is episode nine. So, like, that's there's nothing to celebrate there. Yeah. It's just a regular day. Yeah. Episode eight, <laughs> nine. It's fine. That was a big deal for us. Um, huge right. milestone. If you make it, shout out to us. Two, a cake you can eat inside, uh, nothing bunt cake cake. That can be eaten in silence. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to chew it. It kind of just slides down the gullet. A, a sandwich, the bread was toasted. What I have to like, you know, we're going to get the crunch. There's going to be crumbs everywhere. I have to like, it's not as easy to to get away with. And I was also, I also admittedly almost did like cut the cake specifically to eat on the show. Like it wasn't in my plans to eat the cake. And I was like, I'm just going to show up to the show with a cake and see how it goes with the community. But um, yeah, you know, you live and you learn. It's true. Song, song could say that before. It's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Giving off the best vibes at Geeks and Grounds, Soft Not Week, Kepler Interactive, and Wholesome Games, Jenny Windham. How you doing, Jenny? Pretty good. It's raining, so I am happy. I'm so happy. I love the rain. I love tea. <laughs> I love cats and just like not doing anything. I have to work on the not doing anything part, but everything else is going good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the whole nice idea of getting snuggly in a blanket and and not thinking. But then, as we might discover later uh, in the show, that's not always possible during this time of year. Uh, Foreshadowing. (laughs) Yeah, we're good at it. Creative director at 6-1 Indie and the goat that dislikes goats, Mike Downtrow. I don't dislike goats. They just, I don't trust them. I I respect the hell out of goats. Satan, you kidding me? Good goat. (laughs) Uh, and goat cheese goat cheese is good if you can get close enough to them but i mean we do have a little like brainstorming doc for everybody who wants to know behind the scenes stuff uh and the first topic that mike decided to put in there was how untrustworthy goats were and just a whole list of like things that you can't trust about goats and it went on for a surprisingly long time Listen, a, a young seven-year-old Mike in Lake George, New York, at some petting zoo, um, a goat came up to my mother and unsolicitedly attacked her. Since then, I haven't trusted goats. She's okay. She's still with us. Okay, I'm that's so okay. That happened to you. I was going to say, a goat you killed brave your enough parents, to share so your God. story here. Yeah. Thank you for well, trusting us with your story, Mike. It's not course. easy. Yeah, but... it's a safe. It's a safe space. Yeah. Jill, you listened Raising to the show awareness. last week. I did. Um, 
If you could have any animal part, what would it be? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> you had a whole uh, week to think about it. I, I I I was feverish with sickness. I didn't think about what I would want. Um, maybe like a no, because like I was thinking like maybe like a dog's nose or something, so I could like smell the world in different like colors. Doesn't make sense, but. Sure. But like then you just have to smell everything, and yeah. like not everything's great. It's true. So we could alter it so it's only good smells. Only good smells I'd like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then what if something is like really bad smell and I'm not aware? What if I'm like walking into a murder and I don't know it? Wow, you're walking into a whole what murder. Smell before Wait, the what? murder happens. Yeah. <laughs> like there's a dead body yeah. somewhere is- and I'm walking by, like you know, I'm about to be framed for murder for some reason. And I don't know that there's a dead body. Actually, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, my my partner actually has a very, very, like, clinically bad sense of smell. And the he did not know this. And we only discovered it because he kept poisoning himself with bad lunch meat. Oh and it God. wasn't until wow. I was, like, near him while he was making a sandwich for, like, the next lunch day that I'm like, that's terrible smelling and he like had no idea so there's there are drawbacks to that that's horrifying also see this is exactly why i didn't bring a sandwich to this episode (laughs) i just knew it's not like a good place for eating a sandwich yeah it is not a sandwich safe zone i feel like i've said this on this podcast before is that just me Who knows anymore? Why would we? I don't know if you said it before, reason. but we we definitely have felt it before. You know, yeah, what I, I felt mean? it in like, spirit. Yeah, it's the urge to not eat a sandwich here. Uh, while we are talking about very important things, let's move on to Indian news. We have the what we hope is the final update for the Unity Saga. Uh, we got an open letter from Mark Witten on September the twenty second. Uh, essentially rolling back a whole bunch of things and hoping people won't be mad at them anymore. So I'll go ahead and read uh, maybe not all of it, but some important parts to it. So it starts out, uh, I want to start with this. I am sorry. Okay, good start. Great. Uh, We should have spoken with more of you and we should have incorporated more of your feedback before announcing our new runtime fee policy. Uh, our unity plan will remain free. There will be no runtime fee for games built on unity personal. So that's the like lowest tier. We will be increasing the cap from 100,000 to 200,000 and we'll be re- we will remove the requirement to use the maiden unity splash screen. So that wasn't really a part of all of this. That was something that was a policy before, but just to like have some extra sweetness on there. They've decided to remove that to make people less angry. Um, No game with less than a million in trailing 12-month revenue will be subject to the fee. For creators on Unity Pro and Unity Enterprise, which is next one's up, uh, we'll be making changes based on your feedback. The runtime fee policy will only apply beginning with the next LTS version of Unity, shipping in 2024. So that takes on the retroactive issues, which is nice. Your games that are currently shipped and the projects you are currently working on will not be included. 
unless you choose to upgrade them to this new version of Unity. You will make sh- we will make sure that you can stay on the terms applicable for the version of Unity Editor you are using. For games that are subject to the runtime fee, we're giving you a choice of either a 2.5 revenue share or the calculated amount based on number of new people engaging with your game each month. Both of these numbers are self-reported, and they have that highlighted. And I, I kind of want to talk about that once we're done reading this. Uh from the data you already have available. You will always be billed the lesser amount. And then there was a fireside chat that went live and I didn't get to check it out because I was sick, Uh, but I hope that was one heck of a time. Uh, So thoughts on this, how are we feeling? Let's go with Jenny. Um. I mean, it's one of those things where, and I saw a lot of sentiment along these lines as well from just developers that I follow on social and folks I've talked with. It's like, I guess we, we take this for what it is. Um, but also the trust is still broken and every, I think everyone's also just exhausted at this point. And they're just kind of like, we just need to like also get back to making the games that we're trying to make and not have to deal with all of this legal stuff that we didn't even think about until it became a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think at least from folks I've talked with, it's an element of, well, glad that at least for now things are kind of staying how they are, but, um, there's some wording still that's a little bit like, mm, cause there's an element, I think you said, um, like the upgrade, like as long as you don't choose to upgrade your engine, like that's, you'll stay with the same thing, but that's not necessarily the developer's choice all the time. Like you don't necessarily get to pick what part of like what addition or what number of the engine you're building on. And so that's one flag that I saw people uh, post. Um, but ultimately I think a lot of people are still in the sentiment of, well, we're going to do what we can with unity right now. We're definitely going to scope out other places to build our games a little bit more securely. Uh, or at least emotionally securely. Yeah. Uh, I think kind of going along with this and the like, now that you've burnt trust to the ground, something that I picked up on was the self-reported numbers, which means like they, they promised they had some kind of proprietary technology that, that knew all of this ahead of time. Uh, so why are they self-reporting numbers now? Is that is it the case that they didn't have that before? Or I saw a very good uh, discussion on this with Alana Pierce uh, with her channel, and they were talking a little bit about like how taking that kind of information might break laws in certain places in the world. And um, I, yeah, I was wondering if they had that technology, but realized that it was super sketch and, and pulled back on it or whether or, or not, or, or if they just never really had it to begin with. Uh, yeah, that's another thing that for me, is just a little sign that maybe it's great. All of the things that they are saying here seem to be uh, addressing a lot of the problems that people had. And, but I still don't think that everyone is a hundred percent going to like how many people are going to upgrade to the next uh, thing in 2024, you know, Mike, what do you think? Yeah. At the end of the day with the self-reporting number business, like it legit, it's none of their goddamn business. Like the devs are paying for a service. They're using the engine, what they create and what they sell is 
all up to the developers. So like Unity doesn't need to know those numbers. So yeah, I could see whatever tracking tech they they potentially had in their back pocket. Yeah, it sounds super sketchy, super illegal. So maybe they had to take a step back once once the devs started kind of like digging into it a little further. Um, but yeah, just to kind of reiterate what Jenny said, like the trust is broken. The, the, you know, everything's done. Like I'm sure like everybody is going to um, finish their current projects and do their best to learn Unreal, do their best to learn Game Maker, what have you. And um, yeah, call it a day. The, the same ghouls are at the the round table of the conference room like it's there there was no real consequence when it came to the people that uh were up to this decision um so yeah it would be a different story maybe if like somebody stepped down and things restructured on the top end but no i mean like clearly they're looking for and obviously it's all speculation but like i'd imagine they are looking for some sort of loophole to figure out how to make a buck off the dev still Janet, one thing I got. Oh, oh! No, I just want to flag one on. element about the the forum. Uh, I didn't check out the whole open forum chat. I had to kind of be in and out because I was in meetings throughout the day. Um, but I did find it really interesting that they chose like it was absolutely a PR move on their part to pick an influencer uh, to host that chat. And it was a creator on YouTube who uh, I'm not familiar with his work, but he's known for creating tips and tutorials and like he covers unity a lot. And so I thought it was a really interesting move on their part to pick a creator to facilitate this chat. Um, And yeah, I think again, it was, it was, largely negative in the chat but also with a, with a grain of salt youtube chats are also largely negative in a lot of the bigger live streams so mm-hmm. i don't know if that was necessarily indicative of the conversation um but yeah so that was just an interesting point that i noticed yeah i think um it's nice to see that at least a lot of this has been walked back which i mm-hmm. honestly wasn't really super op- optimistic on i thought they were kind of just kind of sort of mostly go down with the ship and try to keep it as core to what they initially pitched as they could. Um, I, this, this is, it's weird. Good news. Cause it's like, it's good news. <laughs> but then like stares mm-hmm. intensely at camera. Cause it's like, uh, sure. In a technical sense, this is good news. Like at least in the short term, especially, you know, like y'all have mentioned people that are already too deep into their projects to really change course can maybe, breathe a momentary sigh of relief in terms of just like what's going to happen next with them and their projects. But yeah, I think it's the, if it wasn't already going south for unity, this is definitely the beginning of the end as word continues to spread about this and people really push to, I think, learn different engines to just avoid the drama altogether. I think the only good thing that can maybe come out of this is scaring everybody else (laughs) and every other engine being like, (laughs) Oh my God, like we really have to make sure that we, again, Capitalism can force good decisions sometimes too. And like right now, the best thing you can do for the business is also like a good thing to do, which is to try to preserve the relationship with the devs in terms of how much you're nickel and dining them and trying to make sure Mm -hmm. that you ease up on taking too much and making sure that you're providing that value. So I'm hoping that all other engines besides like having, you know, their cheeky posts about like, come here where we're not going to screw you over. Like, and I, that's very valid and that we need those conversations, but I hope they also use that time to further commit and build, um, some safety in place in terms of like their terms of service so that if a developer is deciding to go to, you know, unity or any of the other platforms, really, especially the 
smaller ones, and I think it's a little bit easier for them to make that kind of call. They're like, hey, not only do we want people who are coming in to feel welcomed here, we want them to feel a safety and security that they didn't feel at their last engine. Um, so if anything, like I hope that's the good that can come out of this. Um, but yeah, still definitely a lot of damage. And I think, again, it sounds dramatic, but I think it's true. It's going to like kind of change, I think, how games are made going forward. Like fundamentally, like a lot of people who are either you know, versed in this engine or we're getting into things are going to change course. And we don't know what kind of ramifications that will have in terms of the stuff that gets created. Again, you can make a good game in anything, anywhere, whatever, but um, it still is going to, I don't know, it's going to reverberate in a really weird behind the scenes way that I really hope someone's out there making a documentary on because mm-hmm. I think it's, it, it is obviously unfortunate, but it's also, I think, fascinating what we're going to see come from this years down the line. Yeah. yeah. Did we talk about the Relogic stuff last week or did that post after we recorded? I think it posted after. It posted after. So yeah, kind of the, on that end, um, Relogic posted uh, they, you know, the, the whole PNG statement uh, and towards the back end of it, uh, they said, quote, we are donating $100,000 to each open source engines listed below, which is Godot and FNA. FNA. Uh, additionally, we are sponsoring each of these projects with 1000 per month uh, each moving forward. All we ask in return is that they remain good people and keep doing uh, all that they could do uh, to make these engines powerful and approachable for developers anywhere or everywhere. Um, so I feel like, yeah, like, <laughs> I think uh, you would th- hope to think a lot of these engines that were clapping back are being genuine and are paying attention and will hopefully make dev friendly decisions moving forward, even if it is for some sort of capitalist game. Cause you'll know, listen, we, we live in a, a shitty world. We have to make money. It, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, it was nice to see that, uh, the Terraria folks, uh, kind of post that and, and <laughs> put some sort of security blanket, uh, with a with a big old check <laughs> yeah i 100 percent would love to see like rebecca valentine be on the case on this one and we get a year later what does unity look like sort of yeah. uh, report but that's gonna have to be a far away but what's happening right now Shmup fest. <laughs> the hard, the hard cut yes. to shmup fest. <laughs> I was like, how do we transition away? This is such a like, this is a serious, weighty, like gravitasy type topic. We all need to cheer up a little bit, you know. Like, like I do you want to make turn on a game and just start shooting things? It's like that's kind of also too violent. Like I don't know well, how the tone is hard to find in the transition to Shmup Fest. It was out of office last week because she was shmupping up some Unity exactly. I was shmupping yeah. up oh, so much. Oh no, no, no. Uh, so Anyways. Steam is doing a shoot 'em up fest and it's going now until October the second. So you don't have too much time but there are a lot of really cool games going on there uh lakai did we figure out how to say this word lakai lakai i don't know like oh, it's like it sounds like like age through blood is up there for a free demo if you didn't get to check that out goobies is has got a demo if you want to join the goobies gang with Hell us yeah who doesn't uh lunar abyss is a really cool indie shooter, typically not my kind of genre, but it is really cool. It is really slick looking. It feels really fun to play. Go check it out. And then 
the void reigns in her heart. I feel like we've spoken on this yeah, game. Yeah, I, I yeah, added that one because um, I've been playing it just as like a, hey, I'm going to just vibe and relax before bed. Uh, and you can just like do a couple of runs. And it's on sale and it's it's a very, very good game. I don't usually like sort of bullet hell shmup type titles, but I love this one. So got to highlight Go check that. It out. Yeah. Before October the 2nd. Uh, is anybody else into this i think i think there's a game that i've been playing that kind of goes into this genre but i don't think is here anybody else want to shout anything out going on there just in general shoot them up they like yeah real quick um project downfall is a really good like retro inspired fps that came out late last year i want to say like around december that's a part of it i it might have a demo that there's no sale or anything um and just quick little shout outs to Beyond the Long Night and Heretic's Fork, which are two mini indie showcase alums. They're yep. part of this as well. 100%. Um, another alum, uh, Super Space Club, uh, also on sale currently. Uh, full disclosure, I did the PR for it, but Graham has been a friend for like five years. So yeah. just go support Graham. And it made my top games to play while you're sick. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Nice. Oh, and a little Ocho, ominous, o- but... <laughs> Ocho, one of the best games of the year that not a lot of people talk about. Um, it, it's spelled O-T-X-O, but if you like Hotline Miami, uh, yeah. Ocho rules. It's yeah, I think, too, I'm kind of in a similar boat to Jenny where I don't play a lot of shmups, but um, every now and then it's kind of like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess that is a shmup. Uh, they have Super Raft Boat Together uh, included in Shmup Fest. Um, I played this a while ago during one of the many Steam Next Fests, and it is really, really fun. Um, it is kind of in that, you know, going in and doing a quick run kind of situation. It has multiplayer, which is really fun. And there's a lot of like charm and chaos in the characters. You know, you can be like a penguin and like, I think there's like a shark character and there's aspects of, so the kind of premise is that you're heading in and there's like this very small raft that you're on and you're like crossing dangerous waters, shooting things up as you do in a shmup, but the raft is also getting larger (laughs) over time and it has that kind of rogue run vibe where you know you stop at a big boat and you can like buy an upgrade so and there's like you know you can get off the raft and go into the water and you can do these like other aspects so it's kind of cool the way they really crafted this roguelike shmup around the raft itself and like messing with the size of it and trying to grow it over time and sort of just playing with both that on land and in water space. Um, yeah, surprisingly, like really fun. Like it's not really, again, my type of genre, but I played this and was immediately like, I could see this really taking off if just like kind of enough eyes get on it. Like it was just a really good time. Okay, also, so go, go get your eyes all over it. Also, uh, Whisker Squadron Survivor. Uh, okay, one of my favorite Ooh, yeah, of the Whisker year. Squadron's good. Uh, if you like Star Fox, it's Star Fox, but Vampire Survivors, and mm-hmm. it is a match made in heaven. It is so goddamn good. Um, another mini indie showcase alumni. You're welcome. Yeah, so Mike is holding indie a fans. pen that has Sonic's head on it. Sonic so. on it. It seems like he really <laughs> wants to emphasize. It's more like Sonic is speaking. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm very close to buying tickets. Uh, just a, a round trip <laughs> flight to Boston because motherfucking Crush Forty is gonna be at the Sonic Symphony. Oh my god. Do it. TBD. I'm very. I'm very poor. I can't do it. <laughs> uh, jumping to our next topic, I don't have a terrible lot to say about this, but it is an important thing that is really good for the industry. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Zag Aftra has approved the video game strike authorization vote. Yay. Woot. So that 
if you've seen this uh, kind of floating around, that doesn't mean that they're currently on strike. It just means that as they go into the next weeks of negotiation for uh, contracts and things like that, they could, if needed, use a strike to get better conditions for all of the members. And we love to see it. Hopefully that, you know, they just get what they deserve without having to strike. But it's, you know, capitalism. That's what happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is great to see that we're getting this in the space and in general, like all aspects of what it takes to make a video game or what it takes to exist in the game industry, be it coverage or whatever, could benefit from better working conditions and better pay. And that's true in a lot of industries. You know, I think on the negative side, a lot of the less supportive discourse does tend to be from the, oh, well, there's like, again, the the kind of whataboutism of everything else going on. But um, I think a lot of people, and, and certainly I think all of us here are, you know, firmly in the belief that like what a rising tide helps all I've got the name for the thing, right? all yeah. boats. Yes, it raises all boats, right? It's like we want good stuff for everybody. And like while this might have short-term ramifications for like delays and things, like short-term pain, long-term gain, like it is so good to be able to create spaces for people to do the work that they love and that they're skilled at doing and get compensated appropriately and get to stay in the industry too. Um, I think unfortunately, games aside, in a lot of industries, people love what they do, but they have to leave for whatever reason. And I would love like a space where people can really foster a true career in video game voice acting and not feel like this is a small side hustle thing because I can't make it the all. Like imagine how much better the artistry will get if there is security and like Mm -hmm. good things coming from this. Like it shouldn't have to be that you have to do the starving artist thing. Right. I think a lot of times Mm -hmm people end up in those situations because they have such a passion and I love to see workers organizing and really standing up for themselves and unifying. Um, I think there's something really inspiring about that. And I, and I hope that that reverberates throughout not just all of the games industry, but also society. So I'm glad to see a lot of good stuff happening in terms of higher ups having to bend to the will of the people, especially when the will is just like, (laughs) decent pay, decent working conditions, you know, these really aren't big assets are being asked for. But unfortunately, there are people that will try really, really hard to deny what should be the bare minimum. So uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. hopefully that works out for them and that we can, you know, support in whatever way they want us to support, you know, keeping our eyes and ears open to what can we do to help them out in their efforts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is this is just really exciting to see, especially on the heels of the, for folks who don't know, the Writers Guild of America, they've been on strike um, and they've reached a tentative agreement. And so it hasn't been like so officially ratified, but they are on the way to ending a strike that's been about five months, I think, nearly five months. Um, and so seeing, seeing that um, this, that go well, just, I think reinforces how like there is power and people coming together and like taking a stand against these practices and like for fair wages and decent just treatment in an industry. So it is really, really exciting. Um, I think just to get like specific, the strike, if it ends up happening is, um, the negotiations that are happening specifically with um, Activision Productions, Blindlight LLC, Disney Character Voices, EA Productions, Formosa, Insomniac, Epic Games, Take Two, 
voice work productions and WB games. So those are like the 10 big like companies that are being named specifically within this um, authorization. All those little indie darlings. Yeah, I think it could be. I mean, I think it's one of those elements where especially when like the Barbie movie was coming out and there were a lot of influencers trying to figure out like, what are we going to do if we're supposed to be putting commentary on film and we can't really talk about this if we're not wanting to cross the picket line. Um, It's one of those things that if this strike does happen, um, we'll probably see those conversations come up with creators as they have to negotiate whether or not they are comfortable covering games that cross the picket line. And if they're not, what do they cover? And I mean, for indies, that may be an opportunity for some interesting visibility as well. Yeah, for sure. Especially if this gets, if this gets going, you know, sooner rather than later with the CEO, we're going to talk about in a little bit with all the the mass wave of AAA releases we're about to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 100%. Uh, And, and Janet, I just want to take a second and be like, I'm so glad you're on this podcast with us because that was the oh, thanks. best very sweet. like <laughs> way to have said that the most articulate the most like that's exactly what I would have said if I was smart enough to say it sort of speech oh you're too humble thank you though <laughs> you're a great host Jenny, Jenny you should podcast sometimes yeah, yeah Jenny. you know I've thought you about should, it I thought about uh, <laughs> you got a future <laughs> in this biz yeah it, it, well well we're all trying <laughs> all trying speaking of future in this biz future class uh Voting is still going. Go vote for Janet. Woo! Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, this is this is too much. You know, I'm getting embarrassed. Let's let's continue on. <laughs> let's move on. Or we can keep complimenting Janet. Put a comment down below saying yeah. something nice about Janet. Uh breaking news. Bump it up dum. Fall just started. <laughs> The up and the tonal shifts of this. This is a wild episode. Like sweating. It's like I'm not not totally back from like I'm not totally level headed, so I'm still a little in my fever dream. This is Uh, definitely a sandwiched episode for sure. Where it's like, okay, we got like the the unity and the sag after bread and the in between. It's schmups and fall. Yeah, it's like Last last week was so like heavy and dark. I just want to be like, up no, and, no, and, I'm feeling and giving people some energy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, since it is the beginning of fall, I wanted to talk about some of your go to indie experiences for this season. I think I threw out some some easy answers that I didn't want anybody to like use essentially because they're too easy but night in the woods and stardew valley are always like on this list because they're fantastic and they are 100 percent um oh someone else put oh <laughs> yeah that was me um because was i'm like Janet? yes because i also had a list of like a little too obvious like Firewatch because it's like you're in the what and it's these are these are exactly it's orange exactly no 100 percent like fire's red like that's a fall yeah. color it's like you know the classics but I'm guessing, again, people listening to this show, you probably like indie games and you probably played Firewatch or Gone Home or Oxenfree. So it's like they're a little too obvious. But if you haven't, I mean, frankly, though, I I love indies and I hadn't played Firewatch until like one or two years ago. And I like absolutely adored my time. So definitely those are all games that you should get to if you haven't yet. Yeah, 100%. Real quick, I feel like way too many people hate on Firewatch, especially when it first came out. Like people were shitting on the game and saying it was like (sighs) mediocre and the ending sucked or whatever. The ending fucking destroyed me. I adore that game. Can we? We need some spoiler cast in here. Let's add yeah, to the doctor. I would love to die too. The drama <laughs> of Firewatch, played. like, ooh, I was, and I do have some beefs also with the ending in some senses, but generally, like, I just think the ant, like, 
the the conclusion was not as exciting as like the leading action for and me think, kind of thing. I think that's why I, I think that's it so why much. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the because point is, Firewatch is still hot in the streets, y'all. It's burning yeah. through. Fire. Everything. Yeah. It's fire. Yeah. No, it is fire. I did. Here's a question for y'all, and we don't really have to get into it because it's like too much. But Firewatch versus Gone Home. Where do y'all land? Because that that's why I ended up playing it because I wanted to be able to compare the two. We did like a big indie bracket for like PS I Love You um a few like a year ago or something like where do y'all land okay so here's my absolutely shameful confession oh my god i have not played gone home yet you know what we i I think we have to take out these easy answers then (laughs) because yeah they're apparently not so easy it's the easy answer i understand that even not having played it i understand uh more than i probably should about the game before going into it but like I, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm going to do it. But then like every game drops every day that I have to play. So I'm going to have to go into you know, that. Gone Home is probably better than a lot of those games dropping, frankly. Like it's just, and that's not probably. a shade it's to quick. other titles. It's just so, it's so great. Um, I recommend the, um, I know it's like all about the Steam Deck life right now, but this, the Switch version is really fun because, or maybe this is also on Steam, but there's a version that also has developer commentary like as a playthrough, I think maybe that's all of them. I don't know. Uh, and the Switch one has like Nintendo games in it, like the cartridges or whatever. So that's cute. But play through it and then play through it again with the developer commentary. Because it's like one of my favorite gaming experiences was playing that game with the commentary on. And you're going through the rooms and they're like, when I made this washing machine, this is what I want. And I'm like, I'm eating it up. I'm like, this is so cool. Um, like I geeked out about that. So that's also a fun thing to check out. Yeah, I think like gone home going in, like not knowing anything about that game, not watching any trailers, not understanding, like not hearing anything about that game. Like it really messes you up because it's like internally you think it's one thing, but then it's not. And the Mm -hmm. ending, the ending is very misleading into making you think you're going to discover something, but it doesn't happen. And I remember my heart like pounding out of my chest thinking I was going to see something quite gnarly. Um, But yeah, it's uh, pretty special. Just play gone home. It's good. Yeah. Also, Coach full disclosure, uh, Steve Gaynor, not a great man. That there's that also. Yeah. Let's just 100%. Put that out there. Uh, let's jump into our own personal fall games, and I'm just gonna rattle mine off very quickly. Uh, of course, Dredge, great game, just came out. Everyone needs to check it out. Uh, Untitled you could, Goose you Game. You can customize your boats now. Yeah, you Ooh. can paint them up, paint them fall yeah. colors. And put pirate um, flags on it. Nope. can you really <laughs> yeah you can okay sweet it's fun go check it out uh untitled goose game just nice and cozy and goose for some reason make me think fall darkest dungeon uh probably two because it came out most recently it gives me spooky vibes inscription is so fantastic everyone needs to check it out fall of porcupine uh and witchwood yeah there we go we got a little prop for all you audio people out there you're missing out go check out the video and subscribe um, on the Indian former. And I want to shout out Witchwood in particular because I feel like it didn't get enough love. It only came out, I think, a couple years ago. Uh, and it is basically kind of a storybook. It's got a beautiful hand-drawn aesthetic. It's a, a point and click, but like a modernized version of it. So it's not uh like finicky in the way that a lot of point and clicks are. Thanks, Mike. Just what continue ruining my my Witchwood 
monologue. I feel so guilty because I just would... deleted this off my PlayStation, having never played it. I was clearing up space. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it's like I, it's only like eight megabytes like, too. I'm so sorry. Like, it's I'll so good. It. It's like a little storybook, but you're playing basically as the witch, and everything is beautiful and it's clever and it's fun and people should go check it out. We're in a good era for witches. Like the witch trend yeah. is running heavily. Witch and like good. like sorcery adjacent content is is running rampant dude witches frogs <laughs> super in right now yeah right yeah what is it frogs that happened in all of our childhoods that that's what we ran with <laughs> who knows never mind okay. mike was really gonna say something just then <laughs> is it the goat Jenny, what are you i was doing gonna say fall? i'm like do you have another goat story <laughs> yeah. i do i do <laughs> oh no Okay, Mike, now now that we know there's a goat story, we have to. A little little young Mike at the Westchester County Fair, um, yep. he he won a frog at, at, the, at the fair. Like um, a live one? Yeah, like a live one, like a little boy, little lad, little mm-hmm. green boy. Little um, green lad. A few days later, he wasn't in his tank anymore. So I was like, oh, no, where, where's my little boy? Dumb little Mike forgot about it like two days later. I, I didn't know this frog existed. Turns out like a couple years later when I was re- rearranging my room, I uh, found a little dried frog <gasps> under the dresser. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Did you give him a proper burial? <laughs> Did you finally put him to yes. rest? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, so to answer your question, why are frogs hot right now? Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> That's probably the truth about a lot of things. But Jenny, <laughs> another winning segue. Um, yeah, I Jenny, love tell it. me about your trauma. <laughs> I'm gonna keep. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep it up as long as I, I can. Mean, this first game is kind of like that, actually. I was gonna say, actually, with maybe like one or two exceptions, most of my games are quite just like emotional and sad. I feel like for me, fall. Um, I personally love the coziness of fall, but what I really love is games that have that like melancholy because I feel like fall is very like melancholy and bittersweet. So a lot of mine are very, yeah, melancholy. Um, The first is What Remains of Edith Finch. I think one of the most outstanding and also one of the most heartbreaking games, like major, just read some of the content warnings before you go in because there's like bad, like there's hard stuff that happens in that game, but it's if it's your game, it's going to be very, very powerful for you. Um, Kentucky Route Zero is probably one of the greatest narrative masterpieces, I think, in games. Uh, the writing spans, uh, the development spans like almost a decade. And um, it has this like look into you, the U.S. culture, especially around like Appalachia in ways that I don't think I've ever seen in another game do. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's also got that kind of fantasy realism, weird vibe yeah. to it, which I love. Great um, music also. Oh, yeah. The music's outstanding. It's, oh, uh, it's so good. Funny enough, it just came to PS5 and Xbox Series X. So go play it. Well, there we go. go Everyone should definitely go play it. Um I'll skip the next one because it's happy and I'll save it for last. Uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. <laughs> no one wants to hear about that joy. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to hear the happy stuff yet. Um, Brother, A Tale of Two Sons, another like very sad, melancholy game. Some of the most, like has some of the best foreshadowing I've seen in a game where you like, it just feels like a fairy tale as you play. And a really neat sort of mechanical gimmick makes it sound a bit more trite but a unique mechanical setup where you play two different characters with one controller so you're controlling both of the boulder 
brothers with one side of the controller, um, which I found really entertaining and cool uh, on top of a really solid story. Um, Strange Horticulture, which isn't that sad, but it has murder and the occult in it. Um, (laughs) You have an assortment of plants that you arrange, you solve riddles, you get to acquire new plants, and you investigate some strange happenings in the town. Um, I love this because you're running a shop, and so you're actually seeing everything from the perspective behind your shop sill. Um, So you're not actually out doing the action. You're hearing everything from the people who come visit. And I think that's a really fun way to like build a world and build a story. Um, That limitation is just really cool. I also and think then, really quick with Strange Horror yeah. Culture, because that, that was also on my list. And then I was like, oh, Jenny took this one too. I was like, I was the last one to write that. I was like, damn. Um, but I also love that while you are like from your shop, there is like an aspect of almost like D board gameness to it, where you're like yeah. traveling to get quote unquote traveling, like fake traveling to get the ingredients. And there's sort of like uh almost like a magical map that appears that kind of says, mm-hmm. like, here's what happened. Like, and then we're, you know you know, to the road diverges, which way do you go when you travel down this one? Like this, it has this like kind of, that almost adds to, I think the spooky, vibrant lore of it Mm -hmm. kind of being this journey that you're, that you like go on in a very like gamified way within the game itself. So I think that's also very fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a good game. I feel like that's another one where I think within the niche of people who like like cozy games, it's, yeah. it's pretty well known, but it's not well known outside of that. And I wish more people knew about it because it's so good. Um, very, very deep cut, but Bastion, I feel like I play at least once a year and it's a very much a fall game for me. I think cause everything's kind of falling apart in Bastion. And I think about like the falling leaves and how fall is just kind of inherently again, things are decay decaying um I sound so like where is my like side swipe bangs and like I should dye my hair black um but Bastion's incredible and if you haven't played it it's one of those games that I feel like has aged pretty decently with its mechanics I feel like also some of the themes about change and the nature of change is really are really interesting um played it playing it before the last election was something I like honestly I got so much out of that game it was incredible um and then Scarlet Hollow which is a visual novel um episodic some of another incredible narrative experience it's also a little bit more on the like spooky side there's a little bit of horror um or it is a horror game I would say and the developers are actually the ones who are also at the same time, developing Slay the Princess, which is my mm-hmm. most anticipated game for this fall. I'm so excited for it. So um, oh, it's going to be so good. Like, just I can't. We need to play Slay the Princess spoiler cast. Honestly, yes, I just want to have an excuse to dive deep with people about it. Um, and then the last one, which is my one like truly happy pick, is a short <laughs> hike. Um, it's so an hour of your time. And Mike, you have like every game back there. God, I know. Mike is ready. ready. (laughs) I mean, it's also impressive too because they're all in hand reach range. I know. Yeah, I got a short hike, but I also have Shadow the Hedgehog for the PS2. Uh, It's actually just like random game cases. (laughs) They're basically the same game. And he just edits it in. (laughs) I also have uh, the holiday card from Super Rare Games. (laughs) Very important. (laughs) It's amazing. But yeah, so those are mine. Short hike. I think, I, I think out of all the indies a short hike is maybe probably one of the top indies in my opinion just like it does so many things so right uh so that's just like a must play in general any season it's so interesting i can remember a few years ago um 
was it a short hike? I think it was a short hike where the developer was at GDC talking about how the game didn't actually do very well commercially. Yeah, which is like, bonkers. Yeah, I was like, how? This game is amazing. It's never too late. Everyone, go sell out a short hike. We right have now. to. Go yeah, this out. is my new mission. <laughs> yeah, yeah. make it um, afraid of Unity. I think Alex Van Aken of uh, Game Informer fame. Yes, uh, he just Lovely tweeted out moving. something like, "At most, it had like 200 concurrent players on Steam, which is like, yeah, no, come on, uh, y'all need to <laughs> Play get a short on this." Hike. No, yeah, that Yo. is surprising because it's in my mind, maybe it's just like our circles. It's like, oh, this was like the. If you only played like five indies of that year, like a short hike was like one of them. And admittedly, I think I was late to a short hike. So I guess like I'm part of the problem. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's so fantastic. It's like in in a funny way, like I think it might be like the best Zelda game that isn't Zelda, even though it doesn't have combat. Mm-hmm. Like it's just pure exploration. And like it is a masterclass of you don't need a giant space to make a really like in-depth exploration game like there's yeah. so much yeah. to uncover in such a small area and it's just so it's so beautiful and it is very fall like because i think it takes place like in fall and you're running through the forest and you're climbing and it's it's so sweet like i love that game yeah i think i played through it like three times in each playthrough i found something new i didn't find the first time yeah it, it, there's so much depth in that game like you said janet it's kind of bonkers because like you can 100% that game in like three, four hours if, yeah. if you really want to. Same with like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll add this also, Little Gator Game. Uh, I was gonna oh my game. gosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so good. Which like does a short hike very well as well. Like yeah. it, again, like not an overwhelming open world, but uh, just so much depth and and, and character. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, short two games are cousin. fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would also I take say- a bullet for Claire. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes. I had a friend though, because I was like hyping this game up. I'm like, this game, honestly, by the end, it changed me. There was such an emotional impact by the end. Yes, no, and my friend, he goes and he's like, all right, I'm ready. He gets it. He jumps into play and he texts me like maybe 25, 30 minutes later. And he's like, I finished it. That's it. And I was like, how did you play yeah, this game? And how did you finish? He like um, inadvertently did you find the shovel run. and start digging for coins? I'm sorry. You didn't did really you play j- it. I'm like, did yeah. you play the game? It was so wild. So that was like a really funny moment because it's one of those games where you could, um, depending on your play style, potentially finish it very, very quickly and not yeah. get any of it. Uh, so I thought that was really funny. No, that is funny. Man, that just made me... Re- I want want to shout out Toem really fast because yeah. I was thinking of Toem too. Yeah, and it's also pretty folly, even though it's not really folly. But again, it kind of has like there's there's like a quaintness and like a a a slow pace a that feels fall. Yeah, to mm-hmm. Toem, and I will say as someone that like started Toem and like took forever to finish it, I just like kept not going back. Once I finished it, I was like, I'm so glad I finished this game because I'm not going to spoil like where it goes, but the end of toem is like one of the most like it's still the same art style so like it it is within the art style but it is one of the most beautiful things i've seen in a game like it's up there with like when you see like the edge of the earth and ragnarok or something the the edge of the universe or something it's like up there with that to me obviously the fidelity is different but yeah it's so beautiful and i was like wow like i really felt like i did you know like i did that right like the journey the whole like go to see to you know see this spectacle and you really get to see it in the game and it's it's so incredibly lovely. So if you're like me and you're like, yeah, this was cool, but like, I'm fi- like, just finish it. I promise you're going to be like, I'm so glad I saw it through. 
I need to go back and do the DLC on PS5. My save borked, so I can't yeah. like actually mm-hmm. get into the game anymore. Oh, like, and I'm like midway through the DLC. It's so good, but yeah, yeah. I don't want to play through it again. It's yet, fair. at least. But yeah, Mike, what are your fall games? Uh, let's start more tame, and then we'll go more chaotic. Mm. Uh, Grapple Dog is a lovely love letter to the uh, GBA. <laughs> kind of platformers you play as a little orange dog and you're grappling around it's sort of summary but uh, i i would say like i think he's i just kind of equate so. yeah he is, he's orange so that's why i kind of equate <laughs> the the gba to fall for some reason i think that's like when i got mm-hmm. my gba back in the day and just it reminds me of just like sitting out in the backyard like on a cool fall night and just platforming around uh mario 3 like wherever that re-release was so Ooh, it very much reminds yeah. me of that Ooh, pink i got stuff too Mike, Ooh, yeah, Mike. <laughs> suck it. You're the only one with a with an IKEA Calyx shelf behind you. You bastard. <laughs> I got I'm three like of them. For anything I have. No, I have so many IKEA Calyx shelves. Dude, oh the, the goats of the shelves. <laughs> let's let's no. be real. And then like we, sorry to interrupt your games, but like we no, moved please. like a few months ago, and like my um, brother helped us like me and my boyfriend move into our new place, and he's like. Man, there's so many of these IKEA Calyx shelves to move. And he's like, I'm so tired of seeing these. And after we got all settled in, my boyfriend's like, Edwin, I got some bad news for you. I just ordered another one. It's, it's, <laughs> it's perfect furniture for when you don't want to actually buy real furniture, but you need it's a square also the, to put your trinkets in. Dude, it's also the yep. only furniture good enough for vinyl. <laughs> yes. And could maintain yeah. the weight. Yeah. It yep. does it all. Top also, there's not furniture, a the Calyx top shelf. fall furniture. There, yeah. There's a... Listen to this fucking shit. There's a game that came out last week called Calyx, and it's about furniture building. It's like a co-op furniture builder. I have to play Hell it. Hell yeah. Because of Calyx. <laughs> okay, so if Grapple Dog <laughs> Anyways, is your least chaotic, yes. I am interested to see where this goes. Uh, I guess Coffee Talk's not that chaotic. Coffee Talk is a great, another, like, cozy game. Uh, similar yeah. to Strange Horticulture, mm-hmm. where, like, yeah, you are a barista in a coffee shop, and you're just listening to people's stories, and it's just such a good time, especially, I bet on a day like Jenny is experiencing right now, just a nice, cozy, rainy day. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. sipping on some tea. Making tea, making a little horrible uh, milk art that I'm, I'm yeah. never good at. Really quick, uh, did you time. play um, Coffee Talk Two? And like, do you recommend just doing them in order, or like, can anyone speak to that? Because I I've been interested in, in this for forever, and I never like got to either. So I'm like, should I start with the first and then do the second, or definitely yeah, start with the first? Start with the first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of the characters carry over, and mm. some of the narrative. Right. Okay, good. To know. Like, you don't over. necessarily need to. It's right, not like right. you're gonna be lost. Um, yeah. It'll catch you up, but it's more rewarding for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, birth, which we talked about uh, in a previous episode, uh, really so great narrative adventure where you it's it's a very like Tim Burton esque kind of art style. Uh, you play as a, I guess uh, you play as yourself, but as like a, a skeleton version of yourself, and you are going around town collecting bones to create a best friend. It's very spoopy, but cozy spoopy. Um. Once Upon a Jester is really damn good. It's a, another, a lot of these are just narrative adventure games, which I'm realizing now, uh, <laughs> where you play as a, a young Jester with his best friend, Sock, who's a, a sock puppet He was puppet a sock man. puppet. It's so uh, good because his name's not Sock. It's Sock. Sock. <laughs> uh, you are playing as a, a, a thief trying to scam your way into like this elegant castle to, to steal this diamond. And the whole gameplay mechanic is putting on stage plays to win a competition and be invited to the Royal Palace for a grand performance. Similar to my GBA thing, I very much equate like stage plays and, and Broadway and me going to Broadway as a kid to the fall season. Like 
Columbus Day weekend, like all, or Indigenous People Day weekends, and so on and so forth. Um, going to see like you know, Wicked, Lion King, all that, all that bullshit. I'm a big uh, musical person. That's a fun fact about Mike. Um, okay, let's get chaotic. Dusk is another great uh, oh, retro one. FPS by New Blood. Uh, you are going around just shoot shotgunning down cult leaders and weird monsters and stuff it is great new blood are just like everything new blood puts out is fantastic similar to chop goblins uh another uh retro fps where you shoot down these little goblin lads and they make weird noises like and yeah it's, it's just it's a weird time it's really good um faith the unholy trinity another no. new blood joint it's um, so good. It's so good. It oh, is so good. One, I guess, like technically one bit horror narrative mm-hmm. adventure, puzzle narrative adventure. You're going around, uh, trying to like. It, it's very much based on the d- demonic panic. Wait, satanic panic. That's what it is. <laughs> um, and you're going around completing these little side adventures about like demonism and the occult and like just like seeing and experiencing some of the most fucked up things that the human mind can, <laughs> can conjure the, the most fascinating Sounds thing lovely. about faith. Yeah. He most- says it was such joy. It is so, it's genuinely- up and look at the most horrific things that the human mind can conjure. It's genuinely one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, what to kind of like counteract the one bit low poly nature of it. Um, all of the major cutscenes are rotoscoped. And if you don't know what rotoscoping is, it is uh, literally filming a scene and tracing frame by frame to give a really authentic and, and human animation style to it. So there is rotoscoped scenes of just demons like tearing their mouths open and like ripping chests apart. And it's great. It's a good cozy time. <laughs> it's fall, really everyone. fun it's, it's such so i'm not good. a horror game person like i'm really picky with my horror games i loved playing the, and it's actually a trinity just for fo- like it's not yeah, the yeah. unholy trinity. there's actually like three games there are three short games yeah it's so it's very good. very good if i were to pick one person on this cast that would back mike up on this game <laughs> it was not gonna be jenny <laughs> It's a wild episode. <laughs> I feel like no. Uh, see, I'm the opposite. I like as soon as Jenny's like, yes, I'm like, yeah, like Jenny, it's the sweetest game ever. And then like the most horrific thing ever. Yeah. Like, right afterwards. <laughs> like that's like the dichotomy of Jenny, which I really yeah. appreciate. So <laughs> um, and then the final one, uh, which actually like it genuinely means like the world to me is Teenage Blob. Um, it, folks who've listened to IndieCast, uh, I've said this many a times but um teenage blob is one of the most authentic representations of what it's like to go to a concert uh that's from waking up early in the morning grinding your way to make a few bucks so you could afford like some sick shoes so you could like show off to to the crowd and and buy some merch and then the uh eternal bliss that is actually like getting into the show this Came out during COVID. Um, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little real for a second. Uh came out during COVID around a time where obviously concerts and live events were not happening. Uh something I rely on heavily for my own mental well-being is going to a concert and just like kind of experiencing that release and, and energy of experiencing just pure emotion with a group of people, a group of strangers that uh, are all in there for the same reason. And during lockdown was not in a good place because of that teenage blob came out and gave me that kind of release that i was like so like desperate for and and i cannot be 
more grateful enough to uh, uh, the developers over there at Team Laserbeam. Um, so a lot of that, uh, it, why I think it's a fall game, I, I very much equate like going to club shows like to the fall season, like going down to the village and hitting up Irving Plaza or, or Webster Hall, a little bit more downtown to um, like Terminal 5, just like scrounging around the city, either going to shows or playing shows. And then especially after playing a show, like just hanging out in the village and, and going down to St. Mark's and going to the hookah shops and going to the tattoo shops until like fucking five o'clock in the morning. And um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's a, it's a good game. It's a good game. It's also a, a, a playable EP. So like the whole game, like mm-hmm. it's, it's all mini games that are based on five original songs by the Philly band, the super week. So you essentially play a mini game to the soundtrack of a pop punk song. It's That's brilliant. Cool. It it'll take you a half hour to play through just because that the the EP is a half hour long. Um yeah, I cannot recommend it enough to everybody. It's really good. Let's check awesome. it out for a good fall. Yeah. Janet, bring us home. Yeah, I got um Life is Strange True Colors, um, which I tend to sing the true color song when I read the title. But yeah, uh, it's a Life is Strange game. It Life is Strange is interesting because it's changed exchanged hands like a bit and things. So um, I approach this game honestly with not like super high hopes because I'm like, I just don't, I don't know if I like the whole, the kind of shtick is you have like the power of empathy and you can like read people's emotions, but I'm like, is that really a pot? Like I, I wasn't sure if the supernatural aspect of that power would carry through, but I think they did some really lovely stuff with it. Um, it was frankly one of my favorite games of that year. It was like in my top five easily in a year that was full of a lot of fantastic titles, um, and it has, you know, plenty of fall, small town coziness to it. Um, it is again, an example of not a lot of general real estate to explore, but you get the most out of what you're going into. So you have like the bar and like the jukebox and the record shop. And you have this amazing, there's an amazing moment where you do, um, a LARP, which I thought was going to yeah. be really just dorky and goofy, but it ended up being like the greatest thing ever, which people at LARP will probably say that that's what LARPing is, but um, (laughs) they had a lot of creativity with what they did. And my absolute favorite thing about this game and why I kind of encourage anyone that's even remotely open-minded to like a story-driven decision game to check it out is I think they very masterfully made your choices matter in a way that you weren't necessarily expecting. So again, without spoiling it, when you get to the end, it's suddenly like, oh my God, everything that came before is kind of recontextualized. And Mm. if I knew what I knew now, maybe I would go back and do some things differently. And you like Mm -hmm. really see your actions play out in a way that's so like concrete and immediate and also like nonstop. It's like back to back to back. You're in this big moment of the game where you're like, wow, this was, it really was leading all up to this. And I had no way of knowing that. And I think that's the best way to integrate decision-based gameplay where it feels like in the moment it's so integrated with just how you want to play and what you think at the time. But then later it has consequences that you never could have predicted or see coming. Right. I think that's so masterfully done in true colors. So shout out to that. I think I uh, played this when it first came out and I don't remember exactly why, but my, uh, my partner, was on a business trip and it was like a two month business trip. It was really long. And I was like in the middle of that and really missing him and just really like playing this game just devastated me. I was so emotionally like hurt 
in the middle of this game. So like getting kind of resolution at the end was also sort of resolution for me. So like this game always means like a ton to me when I see it come up. And I'm just like, yeah, if this is a great, great choice, Janet. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a special title. Um, and a, re- a really fun like trophy hunt too, if you want to go completionist, cause they have like the selecting stuff. So it's really easy to go back and kind of like dig into it to its entirety. Um, such a fantastic title. Uh, potion craft again, kind of, uh, potion craft, I think is like the cousin of strange horticulture in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, those who like this will like the other. Um, I've been slowly chipping away at this for a couple months, just picking it up from time to time. It's on game pass. It's I'm playing on steam deck on via steam, obviously. And, um, it is again, similar thing. You're like selling potions and you're slowly working on fixing the machine in the basement to make more potions. But the fun twist or like one of the fun twists is that to discover more recipes, you're kind of creating potions and then using those, the creation of that potion to move, uh, of like a potion vial on the map around. And as you like clear the fog on that map, you then can uncover like new recipes. So part of the game, the gamification aspect, you know, people always ask like, well, what's the game, you know, if it's like story, like what's the <laughs> gameplay mechanic? It's like, that's always so annoying to me because I'm like, these games have a lot of mechanics and it's actually really interesting to look at the different styles. And this style is very experimental, like immersive potion crafting that leads mm-hmm. to gaining new recipes. And you're like designing the book as you go and trying to think of what's the most efficient way for me to make this potion. And I, there's like so many different ways to go about playing. Like I guarantee you, like my file looks different than like, you know, my friend's file who's playing and like our route to the different potions is different. And then, there's a lot of freedom too on like how you service like a customer. Cause they'll say like, I need something to like, you know, blow something up and you can give them like something with explosion, but maybe they say like, I'll pay you more if you use this ingredient. So you're kind of like, you know, you're shopping and it's, it ends up being this very like immersive shopkeep potion experimenting moment um, that I think is so cool and such a unique way to go about it. Um, and yeah, I just kind of also much like Jenny put like the, potion witchy occult stuff in that fall vein there's like a lot of browns in the game and i'm like browns are fall color (laughs) you know so it's potion craft um let's see i think this is lev oma i always struggle saying this because it's dutch um this is a game that i played on itch.io i don't know if it's available elsewhere it's like three bucks it's super sweet um I played it in one of the many bundles I got, but it is like one of the coolest games that I'm like always thinking of. It is incredibly simplistic. Like you are just walking, but like it's done. So like the art is so beautiful. It takes place in fall. You have again, the lush oranges and the the yellows and you're there with your grandma. And literally it's just a game about um, like, this is the, the pitch of the game on the page. It says, my grandmother is probably the most important person ever to me as she provided me with the stability and care a child needs growing up. We all have or have had people helping us become a responsible and caring person. And this short narrative game is an ode to these people. And I just think that description alone, like, makes me tear up. Like, I think Mm -hmm. there's such a a beautiful, heartwarming simplicity and realness in this game where you really are just a little kid. You're, like, walking next to your grandma. And you can, like, pick up a rock and stuff or, like, a twig. And, like, you and grandma are just talking. And that's it. Like, that's the game. You just walk through the, you know. So for me, like, if we think, you know, mechanic or whatever, like the big thing here that makes it special is the art style. I think just how earnest what they created is. 
um, in the way that you can really just kind of project your own feelings onto it. Like, I think that's the special sauce on this. Also, grandma's shaped like a little bean. <laughs> I think that's really cute. <laughs> like, I don't, th- I mean, maybe grandma she has bean. arms and they're in her pocket, but she's like, like dead ass, she's like a, a bean potato shape. It's like, and, and she has like a little, a little red scarf and like, she's wearing like an outfit that's like, like she's shaded all as one color. Like she's like a little, just like a little old lady bean person. And like, that's so cute. And it's like, oh, like, I just think it's, it's so beautiful to, for them to make something like this where it's like, I kind of love your grandma too now, like having played this game. And there's something very like heartwarming and cozy about that. Um, so that's, that's the, a special uh, game to me a lot. The devs follow-up game, How to Say Goodbye, is really good. Came out last Oh my God, I'm not, the title alone? I'm not it's ready. So oh, I know. Good. It's so Oh my God, <laughs> yes. I gotta check that out. I didn't, I, yeah, I haven't, I didn't dig into their, you know, repertoire, but I definitely will now. Um, shifting gears, like, yeah, you're just you're just delivering mail and it's just a good time. Yeah. If you are like me and you're a sucker for like the old school GTA ambulance missions, but you would want less stress. <laughs> I couldn't think of a l- less likely comparison. Spot yeah. On. Like oh, if that was I you, if you're driving that taxi and you're mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. The, the look look towards Lake. It also is just like a really fun kind of almost like it, it's terms of narrative like it's not super heavy it's like a little popcorny but that's kind of that's kind of nice like i like that about it i like driving around the mail truck i like getting to know the town people um you have romance options like you have you know of, of all forms so there's like you know a male and a female romance option um you there's a fake blockbuster in town so i always talk about this game and my blockbuster girlfriend that i have in this game and i'm like oh yeah like the game with blockbuster girlfriend that's a good fall time. Like there's yeah. like a pie at the shop at one point. It's fall, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, last two I have is um, Far From Noise. Um, this is also like mm-hmm. a very fall toned game with like the the purples and the pinks. It's kind of like a sunsetty feeling. And I think fall is that like cozy, dark transitional season. So that's kind of why I associate it with um, Far From Noise. And also that like, part of the game the game is kind of just like a in a way like a deer talking to you it's like a so this game is like a trippy conversation like basically you're on the the cars on the edge of the cliff it's kind of a Mm near-death experience and you're sort of having this conversation but also in a way you're sort of working through things or thinking aloud and this is like a game that very much is about do you want to read and interact with a deep intriguing conversation about life and death. And like, do you want to have like a little introspective moment with some really good dialogue? Like that's far from noise. Um, And then ending with the spooky, we have Mothman 1966. This is like a very pulpy comic booky, like funky visual novel. Um, The art style is like a super just like lovely. It's like this harsh, blue and green very like old school computer game energy uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. radiating off of this but um yeah it is basically just looking at like mid-20th century pulp fiction it's like that 80s computer graphic style and you're kind of just like in this like small town and then like crazy stuff ends up happening i mean it's called mothman 1966 so like i don't know is it a spoiler to be like surreal supernatural things happen not really but that's kind of where it goes it's that classic group of teens or young people um lots of fun little mini games in this um not like 
an absolute like perfect game. Like I definitely have like notes on it, but I really enjoyed my time with it a lot. Um, they have a follow up called um, uh, Varney, Varney Lake. Lake. Varney I Lake haven't and- gotten a Varney Lake yet. It's been on my list for a long time. Um, and this game's also available everywhere. Like I played it on PlayStation. Am I bitter about this weird like RNG trophy list thing they have? Yes, I still am. But, <laughs> but that's also a testament to how much ah, I love the bad. game. Like I, it's the, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like the yeah. you're like playing like a card. What game is it that they make you play and you got to win? And you can't yeah, like, lose it it's all. It's like, uh, isn't it like you have to guess like higher or lower? Something yeah, like that. it's basically like yeah. a higher or lower, but you like have to have like a flawless run. And I was like yeah. playing that for like a hot 15 minutes <laughs> before I gave up. But I do think the fact that I even was looking at like, oh, let me try to platinum this. Like I kind of only do that for games that I like. Like I don't have yeah. like my cheap weirdo platinums that like Greg does where he like plays like who's who it's like a two minute game for like two dollars like i don't i don't hunt in that way um so like the fact that i was pursuing even like a completionist run of this i think speaks to the ways it felt really cool and special to me so if you like visual novels and spooky stuff i think mothman 1966 is a fun time and i'm excited to check out varney lake hopefully i'll report back on varney lake at some point in this show varney lake, very good and then they have boston knights coming in october i think and that yeah. wraps up the the pixel pulp trilogy it's like yeah were you we and this this feels like almost um like reparations for people like me who ended up stuck with um being obsessed with like the dark pictures anthology even though it's not like that yeah. good this it's like good what if that, that idea was good it's like oh yeah. <laughs> like yes and it's no shade dark pictures because i'm kind of following them into the into the sunset i'm like we're in yeah. this together now i'm on the team yeah. like you know in my head canon but, yeah, you hear um, the rumors about that team, by the way? Supermassive? No. Working on, working on a Scream game, apparently. I'm all oh, fucking really? Yeah. yeah. I know they, don't they, didn't they just get something else, too, where it's like, they got, um. Uh, the Little Nightmares. Little Nightmares, yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. Another didn't they kind of work on it, the the last one? Mm-mm. I don't think so. Mm-mm. No. So I don't know. Back in it. Little yeah. Nightmares is another one that I'm like, do I toss that on here? It's kind of, also, it's in this weird, like, indie floating i know it's like bandai spot. but also small yeah team. like now it's exactly <laughs> right also a really fun game though the first two are really cool i hope i hope super and massive lands the plane on that one because I, I really like the first two so whether they're yeah. indie or not is a debate so if they're not indie, this just is, this the podcast. yeah <laughs> okay uh, well Jill. that's gonna wrap us up for hold on for a second mike i'm doing a transition <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no go ahead what were you gonna say do you have discord open do I have Discord open? Uh, probably. What do you need? Uh, there's a gift for Faith. <laughs> no! Why would you do that to me? <laughs> oh, Mike, you're so mean. Look at that lad crawling. He's, He's cute. He's a little lad. Cozy. He's just a little lad. He's That's like crawl the frog. Under Mike's bed. And yeah, that was the I'm frog. Gonna, I'm going to post this on our Twitter account <laughs> without any context. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I was, I was going to have a nice transition for like happy energy, but now I'm just thinking about the thing i've just seen let's so crawl the into show, the next everyone. segment <laughs> uh the busy season bum 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 it is here arguably it's been here for a little bit and it's going to be going on for a little while uh when i put the doc out janet saw the name of this and immediately yelled at me in our discord chat uh for triggering her i'm sorry janet um so yeah let's go ahead and just like a lot of kind of shows talk about the busy season. We never really talk about what it is. It's sort of like an understood thing. Uh, and just because I think I, I kind of want to make it up to Janet and maybe like help her get through the feelings say, that she might. It's best yeah. to just 
keep going. <laughs> you know, come back for me. Uh, do you want to talk about your impressions of the busy season, Janet? Or do you want to yeah, forget I about can, it? I can get into it. I mean, I think, you know, it's funny because obviously we work in the game space and do this show. So like busy season will mean different things to different people, right? It's kind of the whole point of the topic where for us, it's very much a mix of things, right? There's a lot coming out. So whether you're the person putting stuff out or the person consuming the stuff that gets put out, it's just a lot to keep up with. And I think there's also like a lot of a big rush of games and also like as time starts to shrink down, because I know for me, I'm looking ahead on the calendar and it's like, okay, I got to go as hard as I can in October because like November, it's going to start to like, you know, we're going to get a little tired. The Thanksgiving turkey is going to get passed around. And then by the time you hit the holidays, especially um, for end of the year content, which everyone does a little differently, um or like you know however you want to handle that it's like okay well what am I going to do beat these last nine games in like the first week of December probably not like we kind of need to it's it's basically the time to start deciding what am I committing to and what am I leaving off to the side you know where I'm I'm starting to build that backlog and I have my things I want to get to but it's starting to like as the window closes and again these games still exist right you can play things from many years ago and definitely should, but there is that like, am I going to be able to be part of that conversation now? Right. Am I going to, am I going to get to a short art this year's a yeah. short hike or am I going to kick it down the, you know, the curb and see when I can get to it many years from now, you know, is it going to be something I play now or is it going to be like, you know, I never did get to Firewatch or gone home or whatever AAA or whatever title that you want to get to. So I think it's just, it's a time of decision and it's a time of a lot of options. Um, yeah. And in that creates, fear <laughs> yes like the busy season um I think sort of historically traditionally we're talking about like the September to December area you already have games like for the most part it, it's sort of like having had your teacher having given you an assignment at the beginning of the year and like it's due at the end of the year and then like a month before the due date you have like a whole bunch more that you get added on to this assignment. Like that's sort of how it works. Like through the first couple of months uh, or quarters of the year, you, I mean, you might have a couple of weeks or whatever where you're getting a lot of different drops and things that are happening, but you always sort of have this feeling that like, you know, the year has just begun. I've got plenty of time. But at this point you start to realize like the year is ending you have a, you already have a huge backlog, <laughs> like, and everything is dropping right now. Traditionally speaking, that is not usually the indie space. Uh, typically, indies are trying to get the heck out of the way because this is when the AAAs are dropping. And a lot of that has to do with like the holiday season. Uh, and trying to get the awareness and the attention so that people are buying these games for gift giving holidays. Um, so they're trying to drop like right now so that people have the time to hear about how great they are. But that also means that, you know, you want all of these uh, journalists writing about and reviewing your game. So you're trying to get every single journalist on that list, like come on and play this game. And as a journalist, you know, that's how you're going to get your views and you're starting to like, get people's attention and so this is a really busy season just because you're getting a lot of attention so you want to make sure you're getting the big stuff too but also 
it's really busy. It's just really busy. Um, I think it is interesting that the way that indies intersect and interact with this time period and how that seemingly seems to be changing for me anyway, that seems to be changing. Um, I think one of my notes I have down here is I say we blame COVID. Um, and I think there I is mean, yeah. some like truth to that. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. I think the reason it's unusually busy, there's, there's always busy times, always busy seasons. Fall is always crazy. But like the fact that October has what at least two major releases every single week is not norm. Um, and I think that's mostly due to production schedules, like, getting delayed and then like starting to get back on track in 2023 like i i'd imagine that zelda was supposed to come out last year i'd imagine that final fantasy was supposed to come out last year and i'm sure there's other triple a's that were meant to target 2022 but adapting to uh work from home in 2020 2021 like that pushed things back and everybody wants to get their games out and move on to the next project and or dlc or support or so on and so forth so yeah i i do blame covid for just pushing uh production schedules back and just like making this year slammed i think next year will normalize a bit but as i say that i do already look at like february and january being wild already already. yeah um which is terrifying uh Mm -hmm. so but it's not like next year like we're not gonna well i was gonna say we're not gonna get another mario game next year but probably 3d mario launching with the switch but like we're probably not getting another zelda this next year we're I was going to say the same thing about Final Fantasy, but we are getting a Final yeah. Fantasy next year. <laughs> I'm so excited. See, but here's the interesting thing yeah. about that. Next year's like, already booked, too. I yeah. Think. It's, like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. January's might as well just be 2023 part two. Yeah. So I'm wondering. Well, that's the thing for, like, I think for insight on, like, the publisher side or even the game developer side is, like, especially if you're working with a large portfolio or platforms, too. Like, what Janet said about 2024 being booked it's, it is already booked. Like yeah. when, as a publisher, we're talking about our titles, um, we're now looking into like 2025 and beyond because 2024 is pretty much locked in already, which is scary <laughs> just for my would workload you, sanity. Would you say that's yeah. typically like how far out stuff goes just behind the scenes or is that unique to there being just so much to like sort of slot that that's how far the slotting goes? I feel like the the timeline is pretty normal. Like I think generally people try to look out like there's like the three year plan, like that's pretty standard. Um, what has been interesting is a lot of the shifts back. And so I think what's been interesting is, um, for example, just from my, from my workplace, we've had two games already this year, Flintlock and Pacific drive, um, which were originally slated for earlier and now have been pushed to 2024. So it's like, there is this residual ripple effect where things are con- not as much, but still getting bumped back. So I think, again, like Mike said, I think we're going to still feel the repercussions of this for a little while yet. Yeah. And we've had a couple of notable indies actually come out and kind of say, we are totally ready to go with our game, but we're moving to get out of the busy season, to get out of the way of triple A's. The two that I had uh, floating around on the top of my head was really recently Worldless, which is a game I'm very excited to play. Uh, was set originally to uh, release in early October and just moved itself into November. Um, 
And then Banisher's Ghost of New Eden is also something that was like, hey, there's a lot going on right now to give us a chance to really shine. We're going to move into 2024, even though the game's ready. Uh, So I think that that is that it's such an indication of what's happening this year with just being so busy and some of the ripples from COVID. And I am very interested to see if this changes quote unquote, the busy season, because we are talking about how the earlier this year, and I think 2022, we were having discussions about this too. The first couple of months of the year are historically pretty quiet. You're trying to like desperately find things to cover, but they haven't been in the past nope. couple of years. They have been hard hitting. Like you're already coming up with game of the year contenders and I'm very interested to see, like, that's going to happen next year. We're already talking about, like, early games. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking of, like, uh, Another Crab's Treasure is a big one for me that I'm excited for. That's coming early 2024. There are a ton of other things that are moving out to 2024. Like, Devolver Digital did a big, like, these are all the games we're delaying. Um, I, I wonder if this busy season model is going to change not just temporarily because of the ripples, but if people are going to start to realize like, hey, we're still getting like good, like people revenue and people's attention and not have to crunch it all into a couple of months. I'm really interested to see if, because again, this was a time period, the first couple of months of the year that was really good for indies uh, to release because they didn't have that competition. Uh, and you kind of saw that go through, through the earlier months and then they kind of slow down, but uh, like they're getting stomped on in a lot of cases with games that are triple a games coming out and they didn't realize it. So now they have to move back and they're moving back because now they're it's, and the schedule is so messed up and I'm very interested to see where this ripple kind of ends up or I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe that's just like a weird vibe that's happening, but like behind the scenes, Mike, do you, what do you feel like is happening here? I will say, I'm just not really answering your question, but I'm just like full of like (laughs) stress from this year. Um, On the PR side of things, vying for attention is impossible. Um, Unless, you know, unless you get lucky and you find an editor or a writer or a podcaster or somebody who just so happened to wrap up the Alan Wake preview and has like a couple days to, to spend on an indie game. Like, it, it starts to turn into Damn, just like that's a, me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it starts to turn into like a, a roll of the dice. Um, and you know, I, not to like call anybody out specifically, but like we have an internal chat in our our work Discord of like, hey, yeah, this editor is booked until November. Hey, this person is not accepting any keys right now. Hey, like let's not bother this person. Let's not bother that person. It's a it's a wasted effort. And I, you know, it sucks when like you have a client like spending hard-earned money for us to to put the news in front of people but like and people read the news like we we could see the numbers of like people opening the news and reading and clicking and and being engaged but just straight up don't have the bandwidth to cover any games because they are booked out for assassin's creed and detective pikachu and spider-man and sonic and mario and so on and so forth um and not to mention like i i'm helping uh, a launch uh this week uh on friday Counter-Strike 2 just dropped today. 
the, you know, there goes my fight for the PC side of things for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, I, I'm, it's, it's a lot like, thankfully, like a lot of my games have been lucky enough to get attention, but like there, there are obviously like everybody wants the PC gamer piece. Everybody wants a, a shout out from IGN. Everybody wants GameSpot to, to highlight their games, but like, unfortunately spider-man's gonna get more clicks and and be the new hotness that gets the engagement and you know something like you know goobies for example it ain't, ain't gonna, gay. Ain't that's why we do what we do over on the show mm-hmm. yeah but no yeah I mean, it's even it's on so our tough. side of things it's like uh for my job is Dude. i cover indies exclusively yeah. and the amount of things that i'm getting right now i have had every day to be writing like i'm so sorry i don't have the time that I would want to dedicate to this because I don't like to do things like uh, I looked at it. It was fine and go on. Like I like to put time into it. So especially now with next fest coming up in a couple of weeks, like mm-hmm. next fest pushes are happening like earlier and earlier every single yeah. time. Cause we need to like influence like folks like Wanderbots and Splattercat and, and Blitz, they get booked out way in advance. And like, if you don't start your next fest efforts, like two, three weeks ahead of time, no shot. Janet? Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, it's it's just tough, you know, because there's so much. And there are, we don't have as much, because, like, this is always the busy time for, like, general AAA releases. But this is also, like, the busiest version of the busiest time that we've ever had. Not just in the amount of content, like, high-quality content coming out, but also in the scope of that content. You know, this is a year where, like, again, not an indie game, but, like, Final Fantasy 16 or whatever. Like I played like a couple hours and I'm like, you know what? I have decided I'm not going to finish this. Just don't feel like putting in the extra time to it because it would take me another 40 or 60 hours to even see the end. And guess what? I have like eight other games that take that much, you know, just start Baldur's Gate 3. It's like, you know, and so as far as I think the indie coverage of it, um, whether it's just like our own edification, our own desire, whether it's for like to have a shout out for what we've been playing for like this show, you really have to kind of just pick your spots like more so than ever Um, from the content side of things too. Like over on Minimax, we obviously like we'll plan out like our shows and like sometimes there's not as much like an obvious answer for like what the show's about. So it's like, okay, maybe that's where we can kind of spread our like wings a little bit more and kind of, you know, Oh, well, has anyone playing this? And you can kind of like highlight and craft a narrative around an episode. We've been waiting for like, a chill week for like weeks to like get around to doing our, like we really want to do like a, the farming sim indie segment. But even in that where we're like, Oh, it's cool. Well, we kind of want to push that back so we can have all have more time with the game. You know, we can all put more hours in a fae farm. We're like, Oh, by the way, like paleo pines is also coming out. So like toss that onto there. Oh, by the way, that uh, shoot, I heard the name of the game. We talked about it last week. The like, it's like the Island moonstone Island. Uh, yeah. Is that what oh, yeah. yeah. Moonstone yeah. Island. Yeah. Yeah, like that also came out and it's like, oh, and that's and it's like, okay, well, I get we want to highlight all these games, but like if they're all like kind of time sinky games, like are we all really going to put like 20 hours each into each of these games, you know, and obviously you don't need to play X amount of hours to talk about a game necessarily, but there are just so many titles even in the indie space that warrant a fairly heavy time sink because of the style or the genre of the game, um, you know, so it just ends up being a tough spot too where it's like how many deep, you know, to Jill's point of like putting in the time that is required to really like get a take or whatever. Sometimes that time sink can be quite demanding as well. So then it's just like, okay, well, where am I picking my spot? Like then there's lingering things too. Like I was talking about the game that I played last week, um, 
the many pieces of Mr. Ku or Ko. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I really want to beat that game. I liked it a lot and I do want to beat it. And I only have like an hour or two left because it's only like a two hour-ish game. But it's like, okay, when do I want to be like, this is the hour. And then I'm sitting down. And then at a certain point you get in your own head, you're like, well, am I really like approaching it with the right, you know, attitude? I want to enjoy. And you're being pulled yeah. in, I think, all these directions at once, whether it's, again, the the demands of your core content or a day job or the things that you want to make time for that maybe in a normal year or a less busy year, it's not too bad to like get around to it. But now it's like, I can't just wait to get around. I have to book it out even on my own personal calendar because I won't make it otherwise. And meanwhile, things are coming out. Good problem to have in some ways, but it has its own stresses, I think. And even if you're just a player, like everyone has a backlog, right? That's like the meme of being a gamer. And it's like now more than ever, like, the amount of food is overwhelming. Like I'm stuffed and I'm like, I can't eat anymore. I'm going to be ill. Mm-hmm. It's funny, like on the content side of things. Yeah. Good problem to have. We're just swimming in games, but like with me and Jenny, it's like, it's stressful. Like we yeah. feel fucked for like, I, not to speak for <laughs> Jenny. I feel fucked for the holiday <laughs> and for this month. Um, granted again, like thankfully, like certain games are getting good attention so on and so forth. But like, I'm already thinking about like talking a little bit about 2024 and how like it's starting to like pick up a little bit, especially in January and February. I to kind of like uh, be the mirror opposite or whatever, like the parody between like the publishing side of things. Like I do have a campaign that's planned out. Like I have beats planned out through next August and I am working on a game that is with a certain genre and that certain genre is expecting to have a major fucking release at some point next year. Mm. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, when? Hopefully mm-hmm. it's not on this day when I have this announcement planned or this showcase is happening or so on and so forth. And that's kind of the game that we always have to play. And like with fall and like thankfully at this point, it seems like October is locked in. Again, Counter-Strike dropping today is a real pain in the ass. So hopefully we don't <laughs> get any more stealth drops when I find some sort of opening in October, but like having to pick and choose your battles and like trying to be strategic with it while also trying to be as lenient with the devs as possible and following their plan and like what their ideal structure is such a fucking headache. Again, good problem to have as a gamer, as a fan, as a content creator, but man, it is, I cannot wait to get through November ish. Mm-hmm. Like get past, let me get past call of duty. Fuck yeah, let's go. We need to bring back, remember that one year where it's like, this year wasn't that great for games. And people were like, what do you mean? Like, I love this game. We need that year back. Like, I, I'm ready to have, bring back the whack year. Give me some C-tier Nintendo, baby, that I, it's like, you don't even need to touch this. It's fine. <laughs> no, um, but here's the thing. I think there's kind of a dichotomy. Uh, the optimistic part of me uh, and and things I'm kind of covering, you can see on my like station to station preview that I just put up. Uh I'm sort of leaning into the like, I know you don't have a lot of time. So here's like a, a game you can jump into and it's just relaxing and right, it's not yeah. like that thing. So like on some level, indies are very good for this time period because you can argue like, hey, there's a $50 million hour game that you have to play over here and that's stressful, but you could jump in and, and like connect little train pieces together doesn't that sound fun and relaxing in this busy time period uh but yeah and then uh, i'm gonna borrow that pitch for this week <laughs> go for it <laughs> i also want to talk a little bit i know that uh jenny was starting to jump in so i'm gonna i'm gonna hold off on my thought but i want to say it just before i forget um of content creation in the holidays so jenny go ahead i'm gonna <laughs> roomulate 
That's not Wait, a word. Sorry, do you want me to talk about concentration in the holidays? No, or? you go ahead on whatever you were gonna say. Oh, I was I was just gonna say, um, like I I it's kind of one of it's one of those feelings I get when we kind of go back to our first episode. I think it was our first episode when we talk about curation and just as a from a player standpoint, like how kind of important it is to know like what you want to even get out of gaming at a certain level, because there are so many options. Like I found myself being a little bit more reflective in my play styles simply because there are so many options. Um, and like being very okay with not finishing a game. And because I think that's something I personally have had a hard time grappling with. I've just always been like, oh, I bet I need to finish it because, you know, I want to give it the full go and like give it the full chance to breathe. And I think, uh, yeah, just having that opportunity and like understanding yourself as a player is really important. And this is definitely the year I found myself learning a lot about how I just consume games and media in general, because there's just a lot of every kind of media at this point. Um, and but yet I say every holiday, I'm like, oh, my two-week Christmas break, I'm going to totally finish all these games. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it's somewhat strange to me, and it seems backwards, that like a holiday in for, – for my experience in content creation um, makes – everything else so much busier. And I think that's part of why the busy season is so busy because you're trying so hard to get everything out of the way before a holiday. So like things like crunching for vacation, it's like, yeah, every single vacation, it's like, "Mm, you're working a lot to prep for this vacation. Is it really a break? And I'm like, I didn't ask you anything. I'm just trying to get right. ready for everything. And if yeah, it is a conversation break. I have with my partner all the time. <laughs> okay, no, I was gonna I was gonna add him, Jenny, yeah. but this is literally like an Isaiah subtweet. He's like, yeah. you know, have you noticed that you're working like nonstop before you take your like two days off? Is that <laughs> is that counterproductive at, at a certain point? And I'm like, look, I don't need these theoretical yeah. questions. Yeah. Right? Are you gonna take me to Target or not? All right, let's, yeah. <laughs> let's go. We have things to do. I need my fake plant now. Um I think, yeah, when I am going, when I have a planned time off, let's say I'm going somewhere for Thanksgiving, uh, people are consuming things more because they're off. You know, that's the time where people are like, I need entertainment. I want to avoid my family. You know, we're all looking for things to buy to like, that's why the things to play with your family at this time of year is such a like common thing list to see because that's what people are sort of looking for. Um, and it's so weird because I started out my my in another life. I started out uh, my career in like uh, museums, and it's another situation where this is very similar, where that's what people do when they're off. So you don't get that time off. And then on this side of things, that's sort of the same thing. You, I mean, I've never worked in a place that didn't give you time off for Thanksgiving or uh, winter break or what have you. I did, but like. <laughs> You kind of have to have things ready to go during that time. The you don't get a just flashback. <laughs> right. Game stop, exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh my SGA, God. Janet, let's go. Uh, yeah, man. You're worried. The amount of people. Sorry, I feel like I, I don't want to. Jill, finish your thought and then have my GameStop moment. Uh, yeah. So you are like doing twice the amount of work per day up until you get there so that you can like, okay, I've got my stuff up for today. And then I've got stuff that will post while I'm gone. Right. And I'll, while I'm on vacation, make sure that that's all posting correctly. So there is a lot of just the busy season actually just being busy again. 
and on the PR side of things, we are very conscious of that. It's like after Thanksgiving, is there like really a point to like announce a new game? Because everybody's just focusing on game of the year content and just trying to wrap things up and so on and so forth. So like, except for the yeah, TGAs, <laughs> except for the TGAs. <laughs> there's one chance to announce something in yeah. that December window. And it's like the TGA week with all of those events. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, um, yeah, so it just like shrinks down the time even more. And like, obviously, mm-hmm. like a lot of the indie games are like the other indies that are vying for attention, they are very aware of that as well. So, like, we're all just like trying to squeeze into that same window, like mm-hmm. just poking PC Gamer and poking IGN and be like, please. <laughs> and it's funny what sort of the result of that is, as I've noticed for the past couple of months, there's like every week, there's like a day that like everything comes out on embargoes are all that yeah. day. And I'm like, I know it's because, you know, you were trying to avoid this presentation and that game announcement. And like, you know, all of this stuff is happening, but it's like, I can't do everything on Thursday. You guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see a lot of that, like sync up. It's almost like the, um, the school exam effect where it's like, why did everyone have the exam for this day? Didn't people talk to each other? And it's like, no, not necessarily. Like the math department is different than the English department. And like, they didn't know that that test was the same. You know, that even happened with like on the AAA side, like the the Alan Wake Final Fantasy Spider-Man mm-hmm. trifecta of like people just moved to LA for a week and they're like, I have eight games to cover. And it's like, yeah, you know, and it's 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 funny how like much of, Obviously, there are different scales and scopes and like budget and like automatic attention, right? Like people, the people Insomniac doesn't have to be like, "Hey, can you make sure you're going to cover our game?" Like everyone, people who can't get your game are covering the game. You know what I mean? Like that's that kind of attention it has, but there's still that that feeling of like when we were like at when I when, when I was at like the Alan Wake preview, like the PR people were like, "Yeah, like we hope this is like." You've you maybe previewed a lot of games this week, but like we think ours will be the best, or we hope so. And it's kind of like <laughs> nervous sweat beam, you know? And and it's like, even though obviously you can argue that like some of those games are bigger than others, even in just that three AAA list, but like there is still always that feeling. Like I think the the anxiety of putting your art out and trying to get attention and profit from that art cuts through like all of the industry. Um you know, I wish we were united over something that wasn't so stressful, but that is probably one of our only unifying yeah. factors. <laughs> I Stress will say to, and um, lack of time. <laughs> to put a positive spin on uh, what I was saying a little bit earlier, like I know I, I like played up a little bit just for personality wise saying like, yeah, we're so fucked. We're not fucked. It's, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> but it gives a great opportunity for a lot of the maybe like not the IGNs of the world, not the game spots, not the game rants, the gamers, like some of the smaller mid tier sites to like really rise up and like really shout out some of these really cool games that are coming out and like put a spotlight on something that a lot of people may not be paying attention to because no matter what size the audience is and like Jenny and I were kind of touching on this a little bit with um, like some of the influencer relations stuff. I don't gatekeep people purely due to numbers or anything. Like I will always give somebody a chance, like as long as you're making authentic content and you're enthusiastic and you're not a scumbag, uh, I will give you a key for a game and give you a shot to like really, have something exclusive, have something new to say, have something fresh to say that some of the other big players in the space may not have the time to do so. And like, yeah, have you carve out your niche? Um, so yeah, it's as busy as it is for the heavy hitters. And like, obviously everybody wants, again, a shout out from the heavy hitters. It's a great opportunity to get a piece on the Indie Informer or on 6-1 Indie or so on and so forth. Pen to pixels. 100%. 
Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, Kimchi and it is. Uh, you can gloss over this in the kind of stress and and getting hung up on it, but it is very much like the the keys to the candy shop are yours. You yeah. know, you can like go in and pick up gumballs with two hands, and and like <laughs> you have literally more than you can handle, and that's scary on one side, but like that's also sort of magical on the other side. Yeah. Like. There is so much and so much of it is good and there's so much to share and our like my enthusiasm just boils over with things that I want like to share with people. That's why we get into this is we just want people to know like this thing is cool and I want to share it with you. It's the essential like whether you're on the media or the PR side or the game developer side like that's kind of essential to what we're doing here in the first place and there's no one is arguing that there's not an abundance of that in the busy season. <laughs> so with that positive note, let's head on over to games we've been playing. And uh, I think Mike and I have uh, something, the same thing, the same something uh, that I really want to shout out. Uh, yeah. And that is oh. <laughs> uh, Mike, if you would like to take it away. El Paso Elsewhere. The coolest Wahoo. fucking game of the year. Probably. Oh my god, it's it. I just feel cool playing. Using with style, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we were shouting out uh, a tiny little indie game, Alan Wake, a little bit. Um, this game it does the control thing so well, like the big font, the music, the set pieces, oh, the, the colors, font. the direction. <laughs> I hate how you said that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Give me that big font. Um, see, I didn't go that. You took it. See, you took, you took the <laughs> subtext and you made text. That's the thing. <laughs> like fonts text and yeah. At least. yeah there's a lot going on here <laughs> oh i wasn't yeah i was gonna take it way too far and i've stopped myself continue um, <laughs> what the fuck go ahead mike Jeez. so uh, uh if you're unfamiliar el paso elsewhere by strange scaffold it is a low poly hd third person shooter in the same vein of like a max Payne, where you are um going around these little biomes and or i guess literally levels and uh, you have like slow motion bullet time and you're shooting all these ghouls and baddies and all this like cool stuff there. I think we mentioned maybe it was when I guess it was next fest when the demo dropped um, just how much style this game oozes. And that's to credit to like the art direction and the direction when it comes to the the voice acting like that main actor. I, I'm blanking on his name, but he is so good as that protagonist. And they do a production thing where, like, I'm going to geek out a little bit about my past life, my audio stuff. Like, they clearly gave him the direction of, like, pumping the gain on the mic up a little bit and having him talk real low and real close to the microphone to get this really smooth tone. And it works so damn well. It is just so I was so immersive. Cool. I was like, I whoa. I was in a different uh, space. But that's what the game is. So he did. Yeah, that, he that was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds so cool. Uh, I do want to shout out the soundtrack and the score. Yes. This crazy bastard decides to put out an entire hip hop record based on this. Or that, that is in the original hip hop record that is heard in the game, but like it's out on Bandcamp now. It's getting a vinyl release. I cannot wait. I've been stuck on that record for that's been like my, my writing record when like typing out pitches and press releases all week so far. It is so good. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, absolutely, absolutely amazing. I am. It, it is not like the the graphics are not like realistic in any way. Like the character doesn't have eyeballs. 
But there's one moment in one scene where they're looking you in in the eyes, even though they don't have eyes. And I feel it in my soul. And he counts to three. And I'm just like, what's going to happen at three? What's going to happen? And then it just like blows my mind. And it's, it's so good. Anybody who has been thinking about playing this game, anyone who's just like tangentially interested in it should definitely come and check this out. I'm also really loving um, Xavier Nelson uh, reaction to the game doing well. Yeah. Like all it's of the wholesome. like, uh, yeah, I want to post one of the videos in the description below because it's just like, what? This is happening? And he's so genuinely excited. And it's one of the things I love about covering indie games is like that kind of genuine excitement about something actually like showing up on the front page of Xbox is so just heartwarming to see. I love it so much. I feel like wow, too, like I haven't go. dipped into this and I don't know if I like Again, will I get around to it? I'm not sure. I don't want to commit to it no. yet. But um, I follow Xavier Nelson on TikTok and the way that like Xavier has been working his ass off on like content. Like it's like on my yeah. for you page. It's just like nonstop. Like I like have to your point. It's like it makes me more invested just in like the whole situation. Just like how intensive and detailed and answering questions and like talking about like the process. Like. I, it's probably just the content creator in me, but I have a deep admiration for someone who's willing to go out there and hustle their shit and be yep. authentic and be real and just have that. Again, everyone's kind of, they want their game to do well and they have all these aspects. I'm not saying everyone needs to become a content creator if you're a developer. I guess for a lot of people, they actively don't want to you know, be a face or anything, but I just really respect the hustle of it um, for like the ramp up of that lead. Like the fact that I knew so much, like about it just naturally from that quick follow, it just showing up on my algorithm eight times over. Um, I really respect that a lot. I mean, that's kind of yeah, the thing going quick, back to the last a quick note on name pronunciation is Salivir. Uh, oh, hey, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of going back to the last topic really quick, you kind of have to go outside the box a little bit. If you want to stand out, like El Paso elsewhere has been a name that like, I think, the somewhat mainstream has been familiar with for quite some time now. I mean, like it's getting reviews from like a lot of top tier sites. So a lot of people mm-hmm. were paying attention to it already. It was mm-hmm. on the radar. Um, obviously like, yes, he, he like myself, uh, an agent of chaos, I would say, and he embraces <laughs> it and like really leans into it and makes some great content, like very insightful stuff. But also like there was the whole string about, sunshine 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 shuffle shuffle. uh getting banned for (laughs) child gambling and just leaning into the joke to some extent and also like getting banned for bringing pills (laughs) on the airport for gdc yeah i got one of those it was amazing yeah so like you kind of do have to step outside the box to some extent like yeah like content creation and game dev uh two very exhausting activities um so how he has the bandwidth to do so wild i don't understand it but like yeah it seems to be paying off and congrats yeah 100%. i have to shout out one other chaotic thing that he did was um oh god the whole title it's like the airport run by dogs dog an airport an airport for aliens run. an airport for aliens currently run by dogs there we yes go. an airport for aliens currently run by dogs i think if i remember correctly um because he had these like boarding gate passes that he made and i think he actually also got sort of pulled over or pulled aside or someone at the airport talked to him because they were just like what 
are all these like, <laughs> he's like, no, it's for my game. Um, and so, yeah, he's like always got these really, really innovative ways and really just like sticky ways of making games. Just like whatever he's doing will stick with you because he just yeah. finds a way to just make it unique um, besides just being a fun game. Yeah. This, this is the man who created a connect compatible game in the year of our Lord, like 2021, <laughs> yeah. a visionary, Incredible. truly. Um, I'm going to jump over to Janet, actually, because Mike and Janet have something they very much want to talk about. Lies. Yeah. yeah, this is the debate. The great debate. Is it an indie? Um, it's at ID at Xbox. So I think yeah. that's that's so. it. And it was on Let's Jill's go. site. So it's like. That's two out of two. I think the math maths, you know, um, but yeah, why not? This is again, this is like a very, the kind of conversation we had before recording was, I guess like the financial backing aspect. Like, I don't know. It's like a, it's a bougie indie. If it's an indie. Um, posh. yeah, it's posh. <laughs> the lies of posh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, you know, it was included in that, in that suite of, of idea at Xbox demos, um, back in the day before it came out. But this is a, um, Soulsborne game uh where you're Pinocchio um that's that's the end in the sh- the long and the short of it but I'm really <laughs> loving this game even though I'm not really a souls person played demon souls and I beat it but I had a lot of help um backseated and also like people zooming into my games to carry me I'm like y'all run ahead I'll stay alive back here because if I die you vanish from my <laughs> game we have to do it all over again that was a lot of the game for me um I do try to dip into pretty much all the, the big releases in this genre at this point, you know, Elden Ring, uh, Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Like I'll try to, I'm a firm believer that there is a game in every genre that everyone can like. It's just that like some genres bear more fruit for you than others. You know, like for me, like I love a platformer. I love a bad platformer, a good platformer. I jump. I love it. Souls games, not not the deal for me. It's got to be really specific. And the Lies of P flavor, as gross as that sounds, is is just there's something about it that I just am really enjoying. I think it's the I don't know the aesthetic, the the maybe the weird dodge works for me. I don't know what it is, but like I keep surviving and living, and I am a big fan of the person that helps you level up. Like her design is just super cool. Like I don't know every something about this is so um has like seeped into my mind and my life and my heart and my mind but mike uh where are you at with this game uh so i am a big souls person uh bloodborne is probably like top three favorite game of all time um and this game is unabashedly bloodborne in terms of its like setting and direction like sophie who is the person you're referring to to level up like straight up the doll in bloodborne Mm -hmm. like as far as like the direction yeah. in like the voice acting and the tone of voice that they were going for. Um, and you know, also what? barefoot it's fine. lady it and works. demon souls, but and barefoot lady and demon souls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and... Which like that's fa- favorite characters. there, like iconic yeah. moments. Um, yeah, they knew what they were going for and they nailed the assignment. Um, this is easily the best non-developed from soft souls game out there. Like this is, uh, you know, there, there have been close contenders like a uh, mortal shell, Thymesia, uh, steel rising, but none of them felt like totally there. Like Thymesia didn't feel super balanced. Um, Janet, like you, I am not a parry person. Like I, I, I can't with the timing. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I luck out, but like nine times out of 10, I am just dodging. I am just spamming dodge or spamming block to hopefully get a perfect parry. Um, so that's why like mortal shell didn't work with me. Steel rising 
close, but I think like the setting and some of the set dressing, like it didn't really hit super hard for me, but the fact that you could take a property like Pinocchio and like have the imagination to spin it in such like a weird, dark, sinister manner. And like the, the story and the lore and like all, everything that's going on around the world, absolutely fascinating. Um, and like, there's this debate or I guess conversation around the FromSoft games where like, there's no story in the game. Their story is just, you have, you have to work for it. Like you have to read every single item description and whatnot, but Lies P is a little more forgiving in that sense where it does like give you cutscenes and dialogue and, and you know, you, to some extent you understand what is happening. Sure. You will get additional lore and additional context. If you do go into the weapons and the items and, and all that, um, it also like improves the FromSoft stuff greatly in, in some senses where like in any dark souls, demon souls, whatever, like let's say you go into a boss room with like 10,000 souls, you die of the boss, your souls are just in the boss room. And like, you have to either grab your souls and quickly use the item to bounce out of the room or grab your souls and keep grabbing them until you defeat the boss. In Liza P you go in with a boatload of souls or, or ergo in this game. Um, you die, your ergo is outside of the boss gate, which is a fantastic quality of life thing that it just changes the game immensely and takes away a lot of the stress and anxiety that goes into a big boss battle. Um, now, there's some things that there is a little ass backwards. Why I have to travel to the hub every single time I want to level up? Don't know. Super dumb. Just let me do it at the at the Stargazer. Real dumb. Um, but yeah, from front to back, I put 30 hours into this game. I, I completed it. I did an all lie ending um, and goddamn and got like the true ending or whatever. Goddamn, this game is like immaculate from start to finish. I, I tried to play other games tonight. Like I want to play more of El Paso elsewhere. But I was like, what if I start a new game plus run? What if I start an all truth run right now? Um, Danger. And like the new game plus stuff, like Jenna, I don't know where are you in the game exactly. I'm like I feel, I feel like I'm really early. I I think my clock says I don't know I'm something ridiculous like 18, 20 hours in, okay. and I'm like I just barely got to like was it moon the the valley of death or I don't know what it is. It's like after the um the fiery boss like for Co. Okay. like a little bit after that. Like I'm two stargazers after that where you can fight the optional boss who's like in front of the um cable car like i just killed that optional boss okay boss if you want to call them that they're like a big enemy but they have like a big bar yeah, big enemies. like for guides yeah. purposes that's a boss <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah. um i'm right You're there like a third okay like that's third. not bad because i'm i have a fear that this game will eventually be like you can't get good enough to finish it because i really like it no, the update today nerfed a lot of like like the last boss this the last boss was <laughs> a pain in the fucking ass me i i got him i, I beat him it was great i was very satisfying but goddamn and today they decided to nerf him and a couple other folks so yes. you should be okay hell yeah because <laughs> here's the thing to me in my mind and maybe i'm like i don't know not giving myself enough credit for like the skill i have as a gamer but i genuinely just don't think Doesn't i'm very matter. good at these games it's i feel like this is this is souls born for non-souls people it's like if you're just like a little bit willing to like do the repetition part of like fighting the same thing over and over again and like kind of the grind which i am always willing to do because i don't have a choice like there is no the fastest and it's funny because this is like i'm playing it so slowly and everyone's like no like you know take your time like say whatever i'm like I, it's cute that you think i'm taking my time this is as fast <laughs> as i can go like i cannot go any faster but i think to your point mike like a lot of the aspects i think are a little bit easier than it traditional is. souls like 
there's a good amount of stargazers, aka the little kind of save points, essentially, if you want to think of it that way. Like there's a good amount. The 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 satisfying the shortcuts like yes are the sh- are really good. They're the really shortcuts, forgiving. Shortcut shortcutly. Like they're amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like and there's something so satisfying about, you know, going all the way around, then you open the gate and it's like, oh, no, yeah. we're back mm-hmm. at the beginning. Like I think that's and so it's so good. I don't know. Even like going a step further with that, like all the levels, there is some like rewarding nature to like exploring around and finding like hidden items and stuff like that the levels to some extent pretty linear so like you you won't find yourself too lost that you'll you'll never really miss a shortcut which is great um another fantastic thing and the, the from soft games have these to for for a lot of the bosses but um the fact that like there is this little fountain thing where you could summon a little buddy? buddy to help you yeah. out <laughs> at almost every boss uh they, for story purposes i guess they they kind of take that away for a couple of the bosses but the fact that 90 percent of uh the boss fights can be fought with a little friend great the little friend's not gonna kick the boss's ass for you but it's a great distraction that's the yeah. purpose of these little guys um i say little guys they're men they're, they're especially that second they're lads. time that they're there and the first time i'm like for the watchman i'm like oh okay this this person's great this little robot man person ghost yeah. For the fiery guy, who I keep calling Foy Coco, that's the name of the Pokemon. I don't know his that's real name. <laughs> but he's in my mind I'm like that's Foy Coco, um, Lord of the Fires or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. The little little buddy, I was like, he needs to look. He needs to get good because I'm like, look, this guy is. He's going. And, he's standing at point blank range and he does yeah. not move out of the way. I was like, the, <laughs> the good thing is that there are things later on that yes. help him get good. I hear about like the and I think. Again, and I feel like too what I like about this is it's a Souls game that I feel like I really can mostly play on my own. Like one of my and I get it's what people like about the Souls games a lot. And I don't mind like the community aspect of things, but I don't like feeling like if I don't have someone literally telling me all this big chunk of information, I can't do it at all. I feel like it takes the fun of the exploration, the experience a little bit out of it because I have to like basically like be consulting a book or my chat or something. Lies of P, other than some quick tips on, you know, I asked like blessing, like from kind of funny because he did the review. I'm like, what should I spec into? Like, you know, I want, I'm not good at great. So like, what should I be specking into? And he's like, Oh, motivity, capacity and health. And I was like, cool. I took that. I'm running with that. I don't need really any other information. Like the game pretty easily explains most stuff, which I know is like base level. <laughs> it sounds base level game design, but a lot of soul <laughs> stuff is very, it's like, so okay. discovered on your own that I'm like, I'm, I feel like I can't figure it out. And like, I don't really like how hard it is for me to just understand even what I'm doing. And I think Lies of P really streamlines it a lot where it's like, if you can understand like five basic principles, you're basically good. And I'm like, okay, great. The grand confidence, some might say. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that if you weren't a souls person and you check this out and it's uh, like a souls, like good for that, person who may not be totally into you think they could step from lies of b into like a demon souls or a dark souls and be like oh now i get this better i i don't know if you were asking me or janet uh I think you should whoever it. wants to answer okay. and then i'll give like maybe a two cents but i think you'll have the the actual answer because you've played those other games i think it's a good gateway drug uh, i think it'll help you understand the core concepts of how you should handle bosses and tough enemies and you could take that knowledge into something like all right i know it's like it's gonna sound ridiculous but like i would say elden ring is probably the most approachable out of all the FromSoft games like granted it is a massive experience but the fact that you could 
potentially get stuck somewhere, you could just say, fuck that guy. I'll do him in 12 hours. Let me go in a different direction and level up a little bit. It's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything, you know? Big fonts. And some of the stuff that Janet uh, mentioned, like with a lot of the FromSoft games, they don't really explain a lot of things. Like Elden Ring, for example, like does answer some of that to some extent. Like there is an actual tutorial and actual like guides to explain like what each thing means and like what are some of these uh, stats and what are some of these qualities and so on and so forth. So I do think Lies P is a fantastic starting point for the genre. Um, I think it is the the most approachable when it comes to like wanting to explain dip your toes into into things uh that goes for the mechanics that goes for a lot of the lore stuff that goes for just kind of that connection to pinocchio like obviously like everybody in the mother knows (laughs) pinocchio and like what that story is so it's a fun take on a narrative to kind of go through um and yeah after that if you want to mess with if you if you like the setting and like the darkness of it like i think bloodborne is aside from Ring, i think bloodborne is another like great step into from soft and then yeah elden ring for like kind of the more uh choose your own adventure side of things is is really good i'm scared for how scary like bloodborne is though like i think the monsters and stuff were like really scary in bloodborne um as someone that came from demon souls i see a lot of demon souls in this but that's because i only look at everything with a demon souls lens where i'm like oh this the one hallway and that's like the game yes and i like that aspect of it um elden ring I i found it was too open i got scared i was like i'm confused and people were like you don't have to be confused just go in a different direction and i'm like that's not that helpful for me like i need i crave structure at this at this point in my soul's life so i would <laughs> go from this to maybe like i guess maybe a bloodborne or like a demon souls even though demon souls is very like dry traditionalist boring and rope but i kind of like that because it creates a structure where it's like rinse and repeat and you're basically through almost all of Demon Souls um, for the most part. But we'll see where my journey takes me. Right now I'm enjoying this weird thing of like, yeah, the better versions of this that are the OGs, fuck that. I mean, I'm hanging out here with Pin- my boy Pinocchio and this fake Je- Jiminy who's spelled, it's spelled like Gemini or something. But like, Gemini. I don't care. We're right. hanging out. We're chasing butterflies and fighting robots. And it's a it's just a fun time. So hopefully I, I can see it through to the I, end. But I will say, like, and I'm again. I we were saying this like before we start recording. I'm shocked there hasn't been articles of like ending explained. Oh my god, think, did you okay. see this? Blah blah can, blah. Can I have like a moment for a second? Because I don't want to be like a jerk, but I feel like, <laughs> and I haven't sought out a lot of guides for this game. Admittedly, because I'm like, I kind of want to just do my own thing. Like, I'm not having too too hard of a time, so I don't think I need like big cheese strats. But I have looked up a couple things just to get a sense of like where am I in the game. And I was like, and now maybe people don't get code like ahead in time. It's still a hard game, but I'm like, yo, y'all are lacking. Where are the got like, where are the, like the detail? I'm like, oh, where's the full on, you know, like we. Shout out to Fextra Life. Fextra Life has a great guide for sure. Uh But I, I, I'm buddies with uh, the person who rep- who did the PR for this game. And he was, and I texted him like the, the, um, I'm referring to the post credit scene. The sure. post credit scene is one of the most hype bonkers. I've been hearing I've a lot of rumblings about this scene. And I texted him that he was like, yeah, weirdly enough, nobody noticed, like barely anybody noticed and like didn't Mm. put two and two together. I'm like, how? I think it's just taking, I'm guessing that it's just taking a lot of time for people to, and it's a lot of work. So like, and also if you want to like live and not go through, maybe I come from too much of a like, look, it's out, we're getting it done. You know, we're, (laughs) who needs to take a break? I don't know. Like, 
it's very easy to get crunchy when it comes to doing a guide for a video game. So like, I definitely don't want that to happen for people, but I'm a little surprised that like, there isn't more stuff and detailed stuff out, but like we could, again, that's a whole nother convo of like the SEO game of like, well, like if we can only hire for this kind of page, we just want like a bossless page and we don't want like the more finer, the artistry of, you know, what is making a full fledged, guide which only a few sites really do you know it's, it's ign it's polygon it's you know maybe extra life because i haven't checked out their stuff but a front to back like what would be the digital equivalent of like a booklet is a mm-hmm. bit of a rarity because it does pay off but like it's a lot anyway i would tell you i was surprised that i'm like <laughs> look some of these things i'm like where where's like the where, where's the content where's the cheese strap pages like you know and granted the game just came out but i'm excited right. for I wonder how much it to happen i wonder how much it is the busy season getting in there because they're like we don't have the budget we have to budget for the things that are coming out and it is a smaller get you know again like right you know why this is an indie game there's not all those articles written about it (laughs) exactly that's another thing in its favor that's proof that it's an indie game if this was a triple a game we would have ending explained the date came out (laughs) yeah i'm curious to see in a couple weeks how the conversation with lords of fallen is and like if yeah. we see guides and like it is lords of falling getting buried because there's so much positive reception with lots of p and all this stuff i don't know mm-hmm. also should point out just to cover our asses it, we keep saying bloodborne and soulsborne whatever this game is straight up sekiro also it's a more forgiving sekiro because of the parry system if you okay. enjoy parrying go to sekiro next janet don't go to sekiro next no i know (laughs) the way like like my mic like i like unplugged it i was like i'm not gonna say anything here i don't need to expose it yeah i can't i can't bury i I don't understand yeah sekiro was the one from soft game i was like nope i'm good i can i'm great it's the only one i didn't finish i run away i leave like things go down (laughs) i turn the other way also janet pro tip there is i don't know if i'm assuming you got the grindstone at this point where you could put like Mm -hmm. elements on your weapons yeah there is a perfect guard one that that you, you just I, hold and it just automatically does the perfect. Lights. I am also, and we've been going on this for a while, so I do want to wrap up the yeah. lies of P chat because there's like a lot to go over. But another thing I really like about it is I like the slow onboarding onto mechanics. Like I think yeah. that's very good tutorial. Nice, like the tutorialization. Like you know, they kind of it's like okay, we're starting you off, and it's like basic stuff. Then they're like, by the way, here's a new weapon. Also, you can take it apart and put like the head on a different handle. It's like okay. Oh, also you have different arms. Also, you can upgrade the arm, and that that all happens like again. Maybe if you play faster, it happens quicker. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is over the course of 20 hours. It's probably like eight, but you know, <laughs> I think they slow roll you onto that in a nice way where you can really start to learn all the pieces and see how they work together. Um, and I think they lean into like that harmony really well. Anyway, lies of P. Hopefully, I get to the end of it. Lies of pretty good. Lies game. of lies of mm-hmm. posh, everybody. I hope everyone gets to enjoy it. Uh, we are running a little long, so I just want to do Sorry. the rest of these as shout-outs. Um, check out my website for more on Cocoon because spoiler alerts, I love it. Nice. Um, magical so delicacy. Huh? Am I too dumb for it? No. Okay. Go check it out. Everyone should see it. Uh, and then I did put some more time into Goobies. Oh yeah. But Janet. What else you got? Uh, my quick shouts are also more time to Goobies uh, and Vampire Survivors. I finally played it again. I'm like, let me Goobies is Lies of P, which is it's awesome, but it's also not like the it's the inspired by Vampire uh-huh. Survivors, right? Um, I with my partner we watched um, Daniel Dwyer's No Clip documentary on Vampire Survivors, which in with general No Clip's incredible. Vampire yeah. Survivors one also incredible. 
Very cute solution and I have the dev on camera. No spoilers. Check it out. I loved it. And when I was watching it, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and buy Vampire Survivors. So I did. And and I'm enjoying it. It's it's fun just playing them kind of back to back and like passing them back and forth and seeing what they each do differently from each other and the different styles. Um, again, more on that later as I like kind of increase my runs. But that's been kind of my similar to what Jenny was getting at earlier, which I forget what title you said it was for Je- uh, Jenny, that you do like the nighttime games. Vampire and Goobies mm-hmm. is like my nighttime. Like on my iPhone in the corner, I have like the Murdaw Murders on Netflix or whatever that rich family from the <laughs> South is called out to playing. And then I'm pl- doing Vampire Survivors and Goobies and I'm going on runs and it's fun. So that's my shout outs. Love it. Jenny, what are your shout outs? Um, I did start Goobies for the first time this week, which was very exciting. It's like, yeah, Vampire Survivors meets like a lava lamp and it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's amazing. I, I love it. Um, I also, Maneko's uh, Night Market launched this week um, and I have been playing that for a little bit now. Um, I think it's really interesting because it's one of those that has been in development for quite some time. Uh, I think I really... I'm enjoying it. I'm not disappointed, but I do think there are a lot of areas for improvement with this game. Um, If you like repetitive tasks, there's a lot of repetition and sort of uh, habit building in this game that you're going to be going out foraging and maintaining a shop and crafting. There's a lot less like I think some of the expectations maybe were about relationship building and farming and like does it have some of the other typically associated cozy game elements. I would say it's much more of a shop maintenance game than anything else. Um, But there are some really good themes and story around uh, revitalizing towns and economy and tourism that I think are really cool. And the story about this giant mysterious cat named Nico and the agents that are trying to find him and this cute, you know, charming little girl, Maneko, that's also just very cute. So very good if you're looking for something cozy. I love it. And Mike, give us your shout outs. Yeah. So uh, Playday Catalog had uh, their September drop the other day. So I was like, oh, let me pick up a few things. So um, only put it like a like 10 to 15 minutes into each of these. So I don't have too much to say. But uh, Castle Tinjandel, Tinjangel, I don't know. Uh, it's a Castlevania like game. They call it a classic vania. It's a really cute it's it's Castlevania. It's OG Castlevania. That that what more can you say? Uh, Quantum Phantom Basketball is a. It, I can't believe this thing runs on Playdate. It is a trippy one v one basketball game. I am awful at it, but it's really damn good. Um, it has a full campaign where like you are being you're trying to be recruited into the Quantum Basketball League, Quantum Phantom Basketball League, and there's like all these quirky characters, and it's a really great time so far. Again, awful at it. Uh, <laughs> Crank Tanks, uh, this is going to be a really deep cut. There used to be a Flash game on AddictingGames.com. I think it was literally just called Tanks, where you play as a little tank, and you, like there's one tank on one side of the screen, another tank on the other side of the screen, and you are literally just trying to like arc shots to the other side of the screen to hit the tank. Mm-hmm. I used to be obsessed with it. That's what this game is. It's great. <laughs> That's all it is. Uh P Racing, a uh, really cool little, again, a game I don't know how it runs on Playdate, but it it's a kart racer to some extent. It, I guess more of a Formula One-like racer, but an arcade-like kart racer. Um, you could go through, just do, like, the traditional, like, Grand Prix-like races, but uh, there's also, like, a mission mode. So, like, you're following a van around. Uh, you are 
catching birds around town. And it seems like there's some sort of loose narrative about some sort of mystery going on around the city. So a really good time so far. And then resident tale is essentially OG top down Zelda. Um, I think it's about okay. a two to three hour experience. Um, it kind of looks like OG Pokemon a little bit, but kind of that Zelda structure of, uh, finding chests, finding treasure, meeting characters. Um, yeah, not too far into it, but, uh, so far I'm intrigued. That's that. Okay. Well then that is the end of this week's council. Thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you for listening to this extra long, extra special, uh, episode nine. It's not episode eight, but you know, <laughs> um, nothing will be. If you are interested in following us, we are on Spotify, Apple podcasts. And for now, Google rest in peace. Um, and then the Indie Council has its own socials now. Yeah. Yay. Mm-hmm. Janet, you want to talk about that for a sec? I do. And this is not me waiting to pull up the names of them because it was apparently someone took the Indie Council on Twitter <laughs> and I'm mad about it. Uh, so on Twitter, AKX, AK the beginning of the end, uh, it's at Indie Council underscore. And then we're also on Blue Sky and Threads as I believe just at the Indie Council on both of those. Um, and yeah, this is really will bare minimum serve as a place to like retweet or organically post out when we have like the audio versions of episodes up, uh, retweet like the Indian former for like the video versions of the episodes. Um, and also just like memes basically, you know, one thing I'd love to do, (laughs) and this is really just kind of like a, I love social stuff and I just feel like it'd be cool to have like a place to kind of congregate online in a way. Um, but I would love to also just start kind of maybe, you know, putting together lists too of all the games we mentioned and just like tweeting out, you know, different games we talk about or just retweeting projects. Um, so yeah, if you're into what we have going on, I think it's a great place to go ahead and follow. And I'm going to try to just keep at minimum, like in all those bios, we have like the, um, like the card landing page that just has like quick link outs to all the main stuff. I'll probably add like the, uh, Indian formers YouTube on there just because of the video versions of them. Um, yeah. So there we go. We have that. Um, It'll be a lot of deep cuts, a lot of memes, and even more games. So check it out. And with that, that up. (laughs) This session is closed. Go play some indies.